Time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jar Jar, homie, my main man. Quickly, before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. This is escape, then we're the pod. Hey, welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. We have the episode two Attack of the Clones commentary for you guys today. Smaller group. Uh, we have Blake returning and uh, Reed, of course, from uh, from last time. If you were here for the Phantom Menace commentary track as well, and uh, we're just going to be diving right into that right away. So uh, prep your Disney Plus tab at home, or your Blu-ray, or your DVD, or whatever it is that you're using to watch this on, and uh, we're all going to sync up at the same time. And then you get to hear about us uh, rants and chat and banter about the movie. So let's do this. Another happy landing. All right, welcome back, guys. Uh, Blake, Reed. Howdy, howdy. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we're going to get this show started really soon yeah. here. At Star Wars Attack of the Clones from uh, 2002. It's uh, the second episode in our commentary series, and uh, we're going to do the countdown for you guys at home to sync up with us right here on the show. We're using Disney Plus to sync uh, sync up at home, so if you have an account with them, you can uh, go over there to Disney Plus and bring up Attack of the Clones. And uh, we're gonna watch this Star Wars movie. It used to be the longest Star Wars movie, I believe. Uh, is that am I correct on that? Was that was that once the longest Star Wars movie? Yeah, I think it might have been before George sold Disney, but I don't think it is any longer. Right. Yeah, and to a lot of people, it feels the longest. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the one that can drag on the most, I would say. <laughs> one of the things I was yeah. going to bring up before we started here is, yeah. this is uh, yeah. the, the one that I struggle to get through the most. Truth be told, truth be told, it is my least favorite of the prequels. Um, but I don't dislike it. I've never disliked it. I mean, it's it, it definitely does drag on at some points, but, but there are some amazing shots in this film. Uh, overall, the movie is like excellent and I don't know. I mean, it's George Lucas Star Wars. Like, like, there's yeah. nothing more I could ask for, right? Yeah. So. Like, there's some. I think there's some of the stuff that drags for me. Like the, uh, like I find a lot of like the romance scenes. Like, cause that took takes up so much of the movie. I find that's what kind of like drags it down for me. Uh, but other than that, like, it's like a pretty like epic, encompassing movie. Like, it's a, uh, yeah, I, like, it's pretty like a pivotal movie too for it sure it is there's a, and there's a lot of important stuff that happens it's just unfortunately a lot of it doesn't i feel come across very well unless you watch the Clone wars tv series the 3d one you really mm-hmm. know what's going on master cyclopeas for example because all that stuff goes right over your head otherwise you have no idea what's going on that's and very fair yeah 
Yeah, I have. <laughs> I can attest to that. Never yeah. watched any of the Clone Wars movies, so I'm like, Saifa Dias, what the fudge are they talking about? I'm like, yeah. who's this guy? Just some random dude? Like, Some okay. name they throw out, and they move on, and never talk about it again. Yeah. I think that's definitely one thing. I think George was always the kind of guy that... Um, see, this is the difference between George Lucas and a lot of other storytellers, right? So, like, with, with, with A New Hope, like, he intended, like, this entire span of story in which case he planned out what happened before in an outline and what happens after yeah. and uh and so all the events that he references actually happened in his head they were they were something that actually happened mm-hmm. whereas whereas like when, a lot of the times when you get that stuff in the sequels it's like oh yeah there's all this you know built up history around this person that wasn't really planned out in an outline at all it was just filler text yeah. to to make it seem as if things were given more history than what they already have and, and I think that's what makes these movies so real and so legit is like back in 1977, the Clone Wars was a thing. And and like we had to wait like 30 something odd, 40 years like to actually get a conclusion to what that was. But um, but I mean, it, it all starts here with with episode two with Attack of the Clones. Because, yeah, they talk about it in A New Hope. Like that's one of the cool things like how well like the prequels like translate into the uh the original trilogy because like mm-hmm. i remember watching like ben kenobi walk around and talk about like back in the day in the clone wars like your father and i fought and blah 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 blah. right yeah, like exactly it's just like these classic lines yeah they kind of really draw the whole whole galaxy to have this history this past it makes it feel so vast yeah it's yep. just going on there right yep for sure um, all right. Well, uh, if you guys are good to go, then uh, I'll hit play on a countdown for every listener at home there as well. So we'll uh, we'll do that in uh, three, two, one, play. All right. I got the 20th Century Fox on screen. <laughs> Lucasfilm. Do you guys want the subtitles on just because I got the volume solo? Is 20th Century Fox still like a studio or now that has Disney since they purchased it? Is it like gone? Uh, my understanding is it's still going to act and work as its own independent. Studio. independent yeah. Yeah, same as Lucasfilm, right? So it's like right. as a company, they have ties to Disney, but they're going to function very independently. Okay. Yeah. And Skywalker Sound, that's part of Lucasfilm, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Although they operate like yeah, is this, on their own yeah, level. Same idea, but like one step further. So it's like Lucasfilm, you could argue, is Industrial Light Magic, uh, Lucasfilm proper, and Skywalker Sound. But they also all kind of work as their own independent companies. So I think financially oh, yeah. they're separate, but a lot of their corporate stuff is all kind of interlinked. That yeah. makes sense. This is exciting to talk about during a crawl. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Sure. It just came to my mind, so I was just like, I need to ask this. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Um, in the opening crawl here, it, it makes it very clear that like Count Dooku is, you know, this this mysterious guy who's like, you know, led a bunch of Republic worlds away from from the Republic, and they've created the uh, something else, you know. Yeah, this is what that like. This was a good crawl, like as far as the crawls go in the movie, because mm-hmm. I think about like the most recent one, uh, like the the end of the sequel trilogy or whatever. Like I thought that crawl kind of sucked because it's just like, hey, guess what? Palpatine did a 
like this announcement to the galaxy or whatever and then that yep. was literally all the context we got. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, see, that's something I would have wanted to see, whereas a lot of people with this opening crawl, people wouldn't have wanted to see that stuff. So it's a good it's a good entry, a good context. Yeah. By the way, this is like my favorite chip in Star Wars. Yeah. It looks so good. It's pretty cool. <laughs> we were it's talking pretty about awesome. this. Uh, yeah, we talked about it. Like these Naboo, what are these ships called? Numidi? The Naboo, uh, N- the Naboo N1 Starfighters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then new is it Nubian or I don't remember Nubian. what oh, the Nubian class. Uh. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember sitting in the theater. This was the first Star Wars movie I ever saw in the theater. By the way, was this one? So I miss Phantom Menace. And when yeah. this ship came on, man, I was just like, "Oh, I gotta get it in Lego! So yeah. awesome!" And I, don't, <laughs> I don't think they ever made it. I don't think they did. No. Yeah. To this day, I'm gonna sound disappointed. Come on, yeah. Lego, step it up. Yeah, dude, I think so. I think this one I still only watched on VHS. I think it was until Revenge of the Sith that I saw it in oh, theaters. Wow. Real yeah. late bloomer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't have, you don't have a whole lot of agency as like, a, you know, like a, how, when did, the year did this movie came out? 2002, I think it was. Yeah, it 2002. Right, yeah. So we would have been like six or seven years old. Yep. Oh. Jeez. That explosion stuff looks pretty good, oh, even yeah, today. It does like, look really good. Man, gotta give it to those uh, Naboo security or the Royal Guard or whatever. Like talking oh, yeah. about like most dangerous job like in the galaxy. <laughs> Just yeah, trying totally. to protect. Everyone's always after Padme. Yeah. And Anakin won the oh. game. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say because all the other senators are super corrupt. Yeah. <laughs> You're going on that angle. <laughs> I was, and then I veered off. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Should I turn it up? Yeah, maybe a little. Yeah. I think, like, Master, like, Yoda just senses, like, that's kind of bound to change a little bit because like this is very clear in the clone wars where it's actually it's actually a key element of like the later part of the clone wars where people start rebelling against what the jedi stand for because they no longer stand for what they claim to be it's like they used to be peacekeepers and and guardians of of justice across the galaxy and and now they're jedi generals that lead masses amount of troopers into battle it's like yeah, they're, they're completely warlords exactly like they're the completely opposite thing of what they originally stood for and the clone wars corrupts them just as it much does oh, with a lot of the senators in the republic um a lot of politicians you know people in power like the clone wars is just this seed of like corruption and i bet uh palpatine planned as that to be part of uh, this yeah plan all together as well yeah totally like, that was in- entirely his intention yeah because let's be honest, he hates every part of the Jedi. 
Yeah. Well, the Clone Wars was orchestrated and, and you know, of the Jedi. Like Palpatine was just like the conductor of this whole orchestrated movement. Right. Like, right. so, yeah, it's it's amazing that he knows as as a, as one guy and as the Sith do, like with the rule of two, he knows that the only way to bring down the Jedi is to basically turn the galaxy against them. Yeah. So he makes like, hold the, on to themselves. Exactly. He makes the plans to do that. And this is this is like the step two of the plan, like. Something we kind of skipped over also is this is the first time anyone had ever seen 3D Yoda. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm going to grab dinner. I'll be right back. Sure. Yeah, no problem. Wait, didn't she just die? The girl on the right? Oh, behind her shoulder? Yeah. That no, like, that's uh, that was somebody else. One. Oh, okay. That's one. That's one of her handmaidens, I think. But the they're the person okay. playing her double. Died. Yeah, because I'll be honest, it looked pretty similar for a second there. Yeah, yeah, they all do. Yeah, it's like filmed the shots out of order and got it all mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> Hayden Christensen is pretty young here. I think he was around uh, nineteen years old or something. I can see that. Yeah. Fresh off the cast of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. <laughs> There's a line there they used uh, when they're referring to like the story of when Obi-Wan fell into the nest the, the of Gundarks. Gun yeah, yeah, they never really expanded on that. It was such a good opportunity to do like a, like a Clone Wars episode or something. Well, I Clone Wars takes place after, right? Yeah, the other way around. But I mean, they could have done like a short actually, or something. Right? Actually, there was a, an episode that... Um, they threw uh, Obi Wan into that nest of, of uh, into a nest with a gun dark, and That's Anakin funny. was there. And Obi Wan let Anakin take care of the problem instead of him dealing it with it. So maybe that was in like, reference to like that an moment. homage, maybe. Yeah, it was in season two, I think. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Have to rewatch that. It's the same episode they meet Hondo for the first time. Only more beautiful. I mean, uh, I believe the episode was called Dooku, Dooku Captured. Oh, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I've seen that yep. panel. Oh, man. Man, it's such a, such a slap in the face there. I know. The, the He's whole like, back and forth there. He's <laughs> trying to, like, flirt with her. And then, uh, oh, Annie, you'll always be that little boy and you're on yeah. Tatooine. It's like, He's like, what just happened? Yeah. Well, I kind of I kind of give it to her, though, because, like, how else do you reply to Right. <clears throat> in front of his, other people. Yeah, his response kinda to awkward. her. Kind of awkward, yeah. You've only grown more beautiful. Yeah. Exactly.
they really cut down on Jar Jar in this movie. They did quite a bit. Uh, I heard that was almost entirely because the fans had such a terrible reaction to him <laughs> in the first movie. But- I've heard that too. I don't know how much I buy into that because George is the kind of guy that does what he wants. And the focus in this movie didn't need to involve Jar Jar anymore. But he was True. a big part of the first movie, right? Being the representative of that other whole planet, uh, like the whole other side of that planet being like, you know, the Gungans, right? Like their their involvement in that first movie and that plot was like, key oh yeah, you, even... you couldn't take them out. There's no way. Yeah, like, it, there's it no way, right? Definitely yeah. revolved around that because George was yeah, definitely exactly. going for like a episode six kind of vibe where like the uh, really low technology locals are able to outmaneuver this high advanced yeah exactly what i like about the the gungans though is that they're not like super low tech in fact like they're quite the opposite like they're a very primitive race that has like like a really uh cool set of technology like all the plasma shields and the weapons and and everything like they're they're pretty well equipped to actually take on a lot of stuff but Hmm. um they're not they're they're definitely outmatched but they're not like incompetent you know what i mean yeah yeah exactly Um, yeah Yeah, it's kind of like they're like couple stages above what the ewoks were yeah and like they have like underwater ships and everything because like which is pretty cool too like i really like the fact that they pretty much designed this race to almost be like the natives like they've better utilized the land that they come on uh, before humans probably populated the surface Mm. um yeah like before you're saying comparison to like how they mm -hmm. uh, like the English and the French came over here or the Spanish. Exactly. Want to go south. Yeah. Like as sophisticated as the English were, like the natives still were able to teach them things on how to, you know, oh, yeah. things that they were able to make off the land kind of thing. And yeah. Just survive out here in general. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, exactly. Cause it's funny. I was talking to someone else about this and uh, the like Europe and especially the UK, there's not a lot of dangerous nature right like they don't have a whole bunch of like bears and cougars and all this sort of yep. stuff a lot of that's like more like here eastern yeah that's what we're saying so when they came mm. here they weren't used to dealing with all these natural predators yeah oh yeah something kind of interesting is that like because pe- people kind of have like a like a fear of bears right even though like black bears at least like unless you come across a mom and her cubs uh like aren't super dangerous like they're pretty timid around people yeah for sure um but like back in the day like when you know before we had like the types of firearms that we do now Mm -hmm. like bears were like massive forces of destruction like especially grizzly bears because you know like people's crops and fields and stuff like that like that was how you know people settled and made money Mm -hmm. um and that was like a free source of food for bears, like especially oh, sure. black bears and grizzly bears. Like, or well, I mean, those are pretty much the only bears in North America. But and brown bears, they would, yeah. And but people just did not have the tools to fight them, so they would yeah. just be like one single bear could just absolutely like destroy someone's livelihood or ravage like in a huge area of land because their guns just weren't powerful enough. Like the muskets just didn't mm-hmm. have the force to yeah, didn't have the take them down. Like, have you seen that movie? Um, What's that Leonardo DiCaprio movie? Yeah, that's what I was going for. for too, Revenant. Well. Revenant. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, Revenant. Yeah, like that musket. Like, he, that, I can't remember the caliber or whatever, but there was like a specific type of musket that was really common back then, and it just wasn't like cutting it. Look at that. Yeah. Okay, I have to say, though, that, sir, that moment in this movie 
is pretty cool. Like that surgical yeah. precision with the lightsaber. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Just like casually whips it around the person he cares about in the most of the world. Yeah. Because I mean, like, she just like looks, moves up too abruptly and then boom, de- she's decapitated and the series is over. Yeah. Luke, it's cool. I'm- Luke and Leia are never born. <laughs> yeah. like it's kind of a cool moment because i don't know how much like uh uh like back ground they give it like in terms of like uh the force and stuff like that mm-hmm. um but like you don't really like see a lot of moments where it's like oh yeah like he needed the to use the force or whatever with his lightsaber to to get that done yeah something that i just keep getting reminded of here is how uh, this one compared to Phantom Menace just has so much more green screen and CGI in it. Like yeah, it, there's there's a lot more compared to oh, the first movie. The difference yeah. is night and day. I wonder if that's part of the reason why I've started to like Phantom Menace more. It just it's I feel like it's aged better. It's like mm. yeah, um, some of this green that. screen is like oh, it's definitely a green screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's more apparent in, in in a lot of scenes in this movie, and and it, but again, this movie was the first ever movie to be released only on digital, digital in every single right, yeah. theater oh, across wow. the, the country. It was the first one yeah. to force movie theaters to upgrade. Yeah, because a lot of them were still using film reels. Yeah. I think that's what it was for... It was George Lucas's stubbornness to revolutionize the film industry once again. Oh, George, costing the industry money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His, he's a forward thinker. How much True. did this movie make when it came out? It's a good question, actually. I don't actually. know the top of my head. Uh, like, what? I wonder, because, I, you know, I, I wasn't old enough to figure it out. I wonder how well it was received, like, after uh, the Phantom Menace West came out. Less than Phantom Menace, for sure. Uh, box, office, box office was $653.8 million U.S. dollars. What was their budget? Oh, I can't, I can't remember. Uh, uh, let me... Oh, Budget was a hundred and fifteen million. It's pretty good. Basically, made like half a billion additional, right? Yeah. I'm curious what Phantom Menace was while we're on it. Uh, Phantom Menace. Uh, one billion. Yeah. Okay. So almost half. Wow. Yeah, it was a huge drop off. But uh, I think uh, that's also that might be adjusted with the re-release in 3D. Oh, uh, you think they added it? Okay. Yeah. Not that that would have made a whole lot of money, to be honest. <laughs> but it always works that way, though, because because with most trilogies, at least the first one always makes the most, and then it kind of trickles it trickles off mm. as time goes by. Okay, so this part coming up here when they go through the electrical thing. I always wondered, like, why didn't they just go around it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, good question. go slightly to the left. <laughs> I think Obi-Wan was trying to tell them, too. Yeah. Maybe they just needed to get their buzz on. Or just go, like, up slightly. Like, they could go up, like, 50 feet. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's like they're driving through, like, a, like a badminton or volleyball net. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. This whole chase is really cool. I've always liked it a lot. Like it is a really cool scene. That's what's kind of cool about this movie. Like even if it hasn't like necessarily aged as well as Phantom mm. Menace, is that they build even more on some of the 
like things that we only kind of briefly saw. Mm-hmm. Like in Phantom Menace, we really didn't see much of Coruscant at all. Like That's this true. is the first time we really get to see like a lot of like the actual city. Coruscant and the scale. Yeah, totally. That's the world building point. is the uh, yeah the world building for Coruscant was a lot more fleshed out, whereas the first one focused in on uh, Naboo, Naboo and Tatooine quite a bit. Yeah, you get like little like scenic brief scenic shots, and then it's like you know goes into the the characters and stuff like that. This yeah. scene is this chase is really cool because you get to see like Coruscant itself. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm also really curious because I. It's been on my list to watch for a long time, but to watch uh, George Lucas's, uh, blanking on the name now. Josh, what's the, what's the film that George made? Uh, that's like the fifties car, car movie. Oh, American Graffiti. Yeah, American Graffiti. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really curious how many of these shots during the chase were like homages to American Graffiti because I bet you there's a good number of them. Yeah, probably. I always loved the uh, the model, like the design for the ship. In fact, they, yeah. they actually built this thing for them to like crawl around on. It's pretty cool. Yeah, totally. This is just such a cool scene too, though, because like if you fall, you're done. Yeah. And there's like, it's such a sleek ship too. There's like barely anything to oh, grab yeah. on. Yeah, He's exactly. barely hanging on, like. <laughs> Well, Obi Wan's gonna kill me. I think this is the only time we see the streets of Coruscant as well. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. In live action. Yeah. Yeah. The Clone Wars touched up on that quite a bit. Actually, they touched up on the underworld a lot. Yeah, yeah, the Ahsoka episodes. Yeah, yeah that and uh, all the times they went down there throughout the whole show. Like, there's, there's so many. Yeah. What's kind of interesting about this too is that, like, you know, people when they see, like, police and stuff like that, they like recognize police right away mm-hmm. but with the jedi like it at least like the way it's kind of portrayed in this either people are so casual about them or like they just don't know who they are because that's something like later on like in a new hope and stuff like that everyone mm-hmm. even though it's like really not that much later after the uh clone wars and stuff like pe- people are like oh like who are the jedi who were they yeah. i don't know who they were like, like stuff like that right these, there's yeah. all these like these crazy stories from from the war but they never actually come across them themselves they're like legends. Yeah, like so I kind of wonder like how many people even really know like that much if anything uh, about the Jedi. I feel mm-hmm. like especially with the Clone Wars, they've kind of established that like, course on for sure, everyone would be really aware of what they are and like 
yeah, that's a really good point. Seen them are, like about, but I'm not sure how often yeah. they actually leave the temple when they're not on like an assign an assignment of some sort. But something that I always found really interesting, uh, they really kind of like changed when they made the prequels. Is how Obi Wan in A New Hope he seemed to be like this old guy wearing these robes out in the middle of nowhere, and they just was like generic desert robes. And then when they made the prequels, it's like, oh, wait, these aren't desert robes. They're like a Jedi uniform. So yeah. he's like hiding from the Empire in a desert, but he's still like wearing his, his uniform. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, basically. So it's like, I think, uh, it'd almost be like a Nazi trying to hide after the war, but still wearing all Nazi attire. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, in one way, I, I would also look at it that way. But then the other way, it's like nobody's going to be looking for him there, right? So true. I think he just kind of wears what he wants to. But That's actually – it's kind of funny you bring that up because that's actually what some Nazis did. Like, Oh, really? They didn't, necessar- they didn't necessarily like wear their uniforms or whatever. But some of them like legit just went straight up to like other fascist countries like Spain, for example, mm, yeah. and really didn't make – I don't – I don't like some of them like uh, – like a famous one would be Otto Skorzenzi or whatever, did not make a particularly concerted mm-hmm. effort to to hide themselves. Yeah, and it's also uh, it, it was Order also the, something. I, I think it, like it's also something to recognize that it may have also originally been planned out to be Jedi Rose because mm-hmm. in Return of the Jedi, even before Hayden Christensen's head swap on Sebastian <laughs> Shaw or whatever, yeah. all of them were wearing the same robes, That's including true. Yoda. And so in, in Empire Strikes Back, Yoda is also wearing brown robes right. of some kind yeah. as well. Good point. Yeah, I didn't so, think about that. Yeah, so I don't think it was changed at all. I think George Lucas is quite the forward thinker. I think he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool they made like this this race that can like camouflage themselves. Yeah, oh, it took me yeah. a while as a kid to like understand oh, like yeah. that part. <laughs> I was I, like, wait, what? I honestly that- didn't for the longest time until I, yeah. I was playing the role playing game and I realized what they did. Yeah, the like, years later. Yeah. I just thought like she got shot by the dart and they like sucked out all of her juices. That's what I thought. That's what, what that's what I thought too. I always thought <laughs> when I was younger, <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's what the poison did. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's what the poison so, did. I guess if all of us thought that, maybe George could have portrayed that a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, they should have. Maybe have her like change to like look like into something, something else. else. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. But, something other than the girl form. Yeah. She who Monord form. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Josh, can you turn it up more? Actually, it's at maximum. Oh really? So quiet it is. <laughs> You know, it's, it's kind of interesting how much of, like, a policing role that Jedi have with, yeah. um, like, in relation to the Senate and stuff like that. Because, like, you would think that they would have their own, like, police force at least on Coruscant. I mean, they have their own, like, senatorial guard and stuff like that. Like, why wouldn't they have some sort of law enforcement agency? Because there's no way they have, like, nothing on Coruscant unless it's, like, all, like, privately contracted, like private military stuff or something weird like that mm-hmm. that's a good question because i know uh, after the war starts they bring in clones to do exactly that but i don't yeah. know if it was just all private before the war broke out 
Josh, do you have any idea? Uh, sorry, what was the question again? Uh, did Coruscant uh, have, do they have, have military have own police? police? Do they? Yeah. Oh. Before the clones. Uh, well, I mean, I know the Senate has their Senate guards that are all dressed in like blue and stuff like yeah, that. But I don't. It's not yeah, be. they also they also have like a police force and stuff. But no, I don't think I don't believe the Republic was militarized. No, I know they had no actual soldiers. Yeah, they didn't have they any military to force. Work yeah, to the Jedi. Well, yeah. well, even just like not even like a military force, but just a police force. They like, have a police force. Yeah, they do have a police force. Actually, the police force pops up in the Clone Wars. Oh, it does um, okay. Yeah, they have a police force full of uh, police uh, robots, and uh, some, some the inspectors are like oh, uh, yes. kind of like a lobot. Like they have like a cyborg implants and stuff like that. So they do have people that work as police on Coruscant and other worlds. But because um, yeah, yeah, the the military was designed to obviously fight on the front lines, and then they also took a reserve of the military and used them uh, to help the mm. police on Coruscant, and uh, those. Uh, those clones were painted in special red markings and called shock troopers. And their com uh, captain or commander or whatever was uh, uh, Commander Fox. And um, there are the same troopers that you see in Episode 3 that Palpatine has helped uh, rescue Anakin after his immolation scene on Mustafar. Mm. Yeah, in the right. Clone Wars, you see them walking around with big riot shields and stuff, yeah. She's ticked. Right. <laughs> I love the little detail of the droids replacing the glass window out there that was smashed. Mm. Yeah, that was really cool. It's also yeah, the first they're... time we've ever seen luggage in Star Wars. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. fancy, fancy space space case. Yeah, it's all like it's all sweet. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to find that now. Like that is yeah. a specific brand of luggage. Oh, someone, it's gotta be. Someone it's gotta be. Yeah, I bet they just I, bought I it. Bet, I bet you anything. It's Samsonite. Dude, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they make revolutionary suitcases. Oh They're like, hey, hey, Samsonite, we'll uh, we'll feature your product. <laughs> yeah. George got which a lifetime supply of luggage. <laughs> Just Google search which suitcase was used in Attack the Clones. <laughs> it's so like improper for him to be like venting about his master to the. Like this yeah, this is one of those counselor. scenes where I'm just kind of it drags on because I'm like he's basically having like a hissy fit almost, oh, yeah. and she's like she's the adult pretty much, and I she's know, like right? doing actual talking about real world problems, and he's just like man, he doesn't listen to me, and she's like oh I'm trying to like stop the formation of like uh, like an all powerful military and stuff yeah, like that, you know, like, real world stuff, and he's like yeah I don't I don't like Obi Wan. <laughs> He doesn't so, let me do what I want. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to go back one note, but uh, but uh, Padme Amidala apparently bought her suitcase on Earth from a company called Atlantic. <laughs> oh, really? So you can own the same case too. Oh, wow! Awesome. We'll be posting a link in the chat. Yep. That's the, a small portion will, of your purchases. Find it. A small portion of your purchases yeah. will be going to the channel. Awesome. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's not true. <laughs> I think uh, I think on some level they may have discontinued it since 2002. It's funny because I bet you they'd be selling out now. <laughs> oh yeah. 
Oh, oh, that. So that actress that she was talking to, the one that was crying. Yep. Yep. So she's in uh, what's that uh, Seth Rogen movie, Neighbor or something? Bad Neighbors. Oh yeah, that's her. That's the wife. Yeah. No oh, kidding. Really? Yeah, she's just super young. Wow, she's very young there. Yeah, she's yeah. Uh, the Aussie, the Aussie. Um, yeah, the Aussie yeah. actress. The Aussie actress. Wow, I had no idea she was in Star Wars. I didn't yeah, so I think I, she's in this one. I don't know if she's in the next one or not. I can't. Yeah, remember. no, that's a brief appearance. No, I can totally see it now. Yeah. Yeah. I never recognized her. I think it might have been the hair and the makeup and everything else. Less, the costume. Yeah. Setting the less wrinkles on her eyes, <laughs> age, she's in a bunch of stuff. I actually. mean, this is it's what this movie was like. What did you say, 2004 or something like that? 2002, 2002, 18 yeah. years ago, man. It's a long time, yeah. That's so old, <laughs> so long ago. That's crazy. Yep. He's got a wicked hat. <laughs> dude yeah like the naboo guards like everything with naboo the or naboo naboo they absolutely killed they like, got great they stuff. got the coolest yeah. ships coolest architecture coolest uniforms like oh, yeah. absolutely knocked it out of the park yeah hey, th this is all miniature by the way all this all this stuff this man they, yep. they lit it really poorly then because it looks cg <laughs> yeah, that part of it is uh it's really funny because like yeah there's there's actually a lot of miniatures still used in this uh less on set locations more miniatures and more digital effects okay it's oh, obviously man. all the stuff outside the window is also something i always find kind of funny and unnecessary in the those uh clone commando books mm -hmm. uh the main character who's kind of like the lead uh, mandalorian yep he often comes to this diner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dex's diner. Right? It's like the only diner in all of Coruscant. So everyone yeah. can go there. <laughs> yeah. Is it in Clone Wars as well? No. Uh, no. Dex's diner is not. But uh, there's other diners. There's other diners, but not Dex's diner. Mm. Yeah. Also, something I didn't notice till I watched Clone Wars is this guy grew a specific mustache i thought it was just yeah. a race but no it's like him in his race i, as a, I think i know exactly what you're talking about basilisk, because i, I didn't yeah yeah exactly basilisk, basilisk or something um so so like i i'm exactly in the same boat uh, I, i'm glad you reminded me about, to bring this up because originally on vhs i didn't even know that that was a mustache oh i like, didn't i either. thought that was just like i thought that was just like texture on his face oh that's funny and it, it's not until the digital and Blu-ray releases I was like, hey, that's it was hair. a mustache. Like, yeah, that's yeah. funny. Yeah, I just thought it was like they all had that. And then I mm -hmm. saw the Clone Wars episode where they have the, the Jedi General. Yeah, Pong, Pong Krell. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, and I watched this again. I'm like, wait a minute. That's a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> like years <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. It's so funny. It's got a nose ring too. Uh, does he though? Yeah, on the, that, on the right side. Yeah. Is that just a shiny booger? No, it's, it's a... <laughs> Maybe it's a little tusk. That's Maybe. Dooku's statue, by the way. Right there that he's looking at. Oh, interesting. Really? I didn't know yeah. that. So every single statue in this hall represent a fallen Jedi of some kind that hmm. uh, the Jedi Order either failed in terms of like... Uh, I think I think they're called the Fallen. Uh, wow. Because Jedi or uh, Jedi, uh, Dooku, he renounced himself as Jedi, right? That's right. Yeah, he renounced he renounces Jedi status. 
So it's like, I guess they failed him in their training of him because it's not like he, he died, right? No, yeah. Um, well, he, I mean, they failed him in, t- in, in the sense of like he's kind of given up our ways. Uh, it's called the Lost 20. So the Lost 20 was a name given to a group of 20 Jedi Masters who left the Jedi Order throughout its history. I'm going to say um, over a thousand years and 20 people lost. That's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> only only 20, 20 like, you know, have been have like made the decision to leave. So yeah. it says the Lost 20 became disillusioned with the Jedi way of life. Among yeah. its ranks, Count Dooku was seduced by the dark side of the forcing consequently became lord of the sith so it's a pretty low um, attrition rate man yeah it's pretty yeah. good i'm curious though, does that mean ahsoka gets one uh yeah so technically she would get one mm-hmm. um and so would anakin but i think they're just too busy to to bother and right. just never yeah could be cool a little easter egg throw in the background or something I mean, by the time it matters, the whole the whole Jedi's gone anyway, yeah, right? True, right? So, uh, but yeah. I would be surprised if uh, they did manage to get one in for Ahsoka, because they're still like, if yeah, like assuming a, that like they a, ever like fixed up the Jedi Temple and like later restored it, kind of thing, I would I would hope that she would get one. Yeah, totally. The ironic thing is that she didn't leave the Jedi because. Uh, because of her disillusions. It's true. She left the Jedi because she was the only one that had a clear head on her shoulders. This freaking Jedi, the way he's walking, he's like, he's got a big <laughs> pot belly and he's just like waddling along. Yep. <laughs> so good. Oh, is this the first time we see younglings? It is, yeah. I think so. Can you imagine being one of the younglings in this movie that Dream. is now like alive <laughs> oh, today? Can be so Dude. excited. <laughs> But, a lot of the people in this scene are probably like our age now. <laughs> yeah, probably. dude, the little the little green one in the back. It's like, yeah. where is he at today? Shows a frog in a pond. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking about that guy. Could you imagine like being in the film, like so excited you should see yourself in the movie and bragging all your friends, and then the movie comes they out, green screen you, and you're like you're like a green toad frog monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, totally. What? That, that was Be me. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, shows you. I believe it. They decided to CG some makeup on your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pushing the boundaries. Oh, man. I'd be so disappointed. That's a pretty cool little map gadget he's got there. Mm, I always thought that really, was such really a cool. cool little thing. Yeah. Pulls like a marble out of his pocket. It's like, like a hologram <laughs> marble. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Right, that is pretty sick. Hmm. It kind of reminds me of the, the orb from like Treasure Planet. But yeah. miniaturized. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? And it needs to be plugged into like a like a backlight. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and yeah. Not the focal point of like a plot of the movie or whatever. Well, I, I picture I picture the marble actually having all those little dots on it, and then the hollow projector just kind of brings it, it to three D life. Yeah, yeah, like almost like just a light behind a bulb kind of thing, right? That's so. what George is going for, but it's almost set mm. up like just a regular projector. Almost. It's very cool. Like you never see this again. You never see those little marble things again. That's true. It's the only time it ever yeah. shows up. Oh, and then there's the little floaty things throwback to a, a New Hope. Yeah. The little training training droids. That's right. A lot of people got really mad about that because, like, it raises the question, why on earth does Han Solo have one on his ship? Which one? The training droids. Oh. <laughs> 
Because like if oh the 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 training helmets, not the helmets, but the actual droids that they were that were uh, yeah. shooting oh, the the yeah. helmet. The helmet Luke yeah. used was just a uh, a helmet with like a blast shield down on. Front yeah, of it. that's a that's a good question actually. I'd I I'd like to know their other their other uses because uh, that's that's a good point. Like yeah, I mean, like, why would he... Solo's like a a gun guy or whatever, right? Like that's his thing. He's got his blaster pistol or whatever. Yeah. So I guess like you could use it for like combat training because it's zap. It shoots shoot, you shoot with like a blaster bolt. Well, not shoot back at it, but like learn to take cover from it, right? Yeah, possibly. It's it, like I, the same way like you would do like a uh, paintball or something, right? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I do also just feel like it's really unlikely. <laughs> I think like it's the kind of thing I'm, that he I'm might have just found straws. in a pile of junk. <laughs> I, I like to think it's just the kind of thing he found in a pile of junk and just mm. decided to keep it because it would be useful yeah. for some little little tricks here and there, like you know, use it as a distraction, a distraction device or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm mostly just speculating. Like this reminds me of a conversation we had about like whether or not I, I can't remember if it was Mandalorian or. A, one of the movies we were talking about this like red lighting inside of a ship and i think josh brought up he's like oh is this like i don't think that's even a thing like why would they have red lighting inside a ship that's actually something they do in real life inside naval vessels is have uh red lighting oh it's because it's low light Mm. and doesn't ruin yeah yeah that was on the uh the mandalorian the 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 modified atst that shows up yeah gives you a better night vision i guess Yep. Yeah, so kind of weird, like, real-world reference. <laughs> That's probably exactly how they came to that, too, to be honest. Yeah, they, totally. They try yeah. to reference a lot of real-world stuff when they're making this. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I love, not to take away from the movie <laughs> you're watching right now, but that's why I love New Hope, because, like, there's so much like reference to the nazis and stuff in that movie like it's hilarious like like from everything from their weapons to like the just everything about the empire like it's it's a really cool kind of ode to history so true yeah because like i think ben and i have had like conversations like i can tell you like all the different weapons that they used to make some of the weapons that they use in the movies and stuff <laughs> yeah like they were actual rifles and what's funny is a lot of those yeah. rifles were known to be like really terrible like oh yeah just, like, like, you you remember in new hope the uh uh like the sand troopers marching through mos eisley with like yeah, the, big the big rounded yeah the heavy the really rifles. Big with the rounded i think in star wars battlefront is called like a t21 or something like that okay so that is like what we are perceiving in the movie as like a high-tech like blaster rifle is a freaking world war one light machine gun yeah <laughs> so literally right. like the oldest like piece of junk <laughs> like yeah. most of those weapons that they had like would have been cheap surplus like they would have been able to cheaply buy them and like oh another good one is like the um the Jawas, the little blasters that they use, those yeah. are literally chopped up rifles from like World War One and World War Two. Actually, you know that part—that's pretty cool. It's supposed to be like their uh, what, what we call them. Their stunt, their Almost shock like blaster thing. Rifles, yeah, right? yeah. Just to catch us up on the scene here, like Tanwi when she like enters in, Obi Wan is so confused. Like when he, she says like. 
after all these years we've been getting to think that we, you weren't coming it's like he's like what the heck like, uh, <laughs> um, actually she just knows who he is and just accepts that's true. like they haven't seen someone show up in like ages like she just said and just casually accept like he's confused as all get out like doesn't have yeah. a clue what he, she's talking he's, about he's playing along he's playing along yeah like, and oh, what's super weird is if it's been like years and years and years and they had no contact with Jedi Order, who made this 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 purchase of clones. Why didn't they just phone them? So <laughs> hey, yeah, like, here's the thing: yeah, we got the order. Like, you guys <laughs> want a delivery? Like, no, we're just gonna wait like 20 years, and hopefully someone will show up. See, here's the thing: like Obi Wan and the Jedi are all confused about this. But what's less confusing is when you watch the Clone Wars, and then you understand. Okay. Right? Yeah. But yeah, it's just like they could have booted him out and like not known who he was just be like oh you don't know like why you're here okay bye never mind <laughs> like we yeah. don't have an army for you <laughs> see you later yeah it's like well we didn't hear from you for so many years so we uh, just canceled, canceled the order, the order. Well, it's, it's actually it's actually because they've been in collaboration with with palpatine all this time so spoilers man I mean, if you've seen any of the other movies, it's spoiled <laughs> anyway. But uh, but yeah, Clone That's Wars fair. gives all the answers to all this stuff. It's true. Yeah, I do remember, especially from uh, the latest episodes from the, the brand new season, how they're trying so hard to hide the brain chips. Yeah, yeah. In season uh, six, I think it was there was the uh, yeah that when one of the clones goes haywire, and uh, yeah, they're hiding incredibly hard to 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 hide the fact that they're implanting. Uh, like these responsive chips into their their brains at birth, kind of thing. Yeah, for and activation order sixty six. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure this is filmed filmed in Italy. Like I I don't actually know, but just like yeah, assuming it is. It is. Yeah. yeah you can actually. Uh, I think if if you got the money for it, I'm pretty sure you can actually stay here. It's like a hotel. That's I think stellar. I think it's some sort of resort or uh, some sort of. It's something. I'm. Pre- I, I looked it up one time. Oh, and... Villa or something. Yeah, I think so. I think so. That's what's really cool in Europe. There's a lot of places like that where you can literally just rent out like a castle. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and like Italy right now, it's actually really interesting. There's tons of places in Italy that are like uh, smaller towns that are depopulating and stuff like that, and so like the government will let you go live at a place or buy a property for like super cheap or even for free in some places on the condition that you like uh reinvest in that property mm. like it, it's really cool like you can literally like for free for however long go stay in cities because they're depopulating so fast mm. yeah i heard that has a lot to do with the european union because there's no jobs for young people so they all just leave yeah there's yeah nothing left yeah and in small like old towns like that like yeah, there's no unless they have their own little small business there, right? There's no reason for them to stay. True. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So, <laughs> Villa del Balbinello uh, <laughs> is. is, is <laughs> I probably, probably totally yeah. botched that. It's not an ounce of Italian in Josh at yeah. all. Yeah, no. <laughs> Villa del Balbinello. That's, that's, that's where it is. That's where they film this stuff. Yeah. So yeah, you can. Cool. It's a touristy, touristy kind of place to go. But I gotta say, I want to know what the heck is going through Obi Wan's head. And they're like walking through here, and there's just all these like children in tanks. Like, yeah, about I mean, it. Like that's that's pretty messed up. 
Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, it is. It is for sure. Like, look at the look on his face right now. Yeah. It's like, well, it's kind of concerned. Oh, yeah. Well, like, it's kind of interesting because, like, I like now, I mean, with the recent Star Wars trilogy or like when they I mean, if they are like continue to make Star Wars movies like now, I don't think they would ever put anything in the movie that would be like ethically questionable unless it was outright 100 percent like oh that's like something in relation to the bad guys right, right like, yeah, I, for sure. I was i was like like i was saying with phantom menace right like with the slavery and stuff like that like they just kind of casually like go over that in that movie like they they're like obviously like okay slavery is not good we want to help this kid get out of here but they're also not like i need to stay here and like fight for these slaves and stuff and so it's yeah. the same thing here like even though that they have this ethically questionable like thing happening or whatever it's just kind of they just kind of go over it whereas now i don't think they would do anything like that anymore mm -hmm. yeah that's, that's that's possible for sure so it's kind of good Definitely. these movies came out when they did because with the yeah. reference to there being a clone wars in the original trilogy in, in new hope they kind of had no choice but to do something with cloned people right yeah, exactly. Yeah. That being said, I'm really glad they did because it made such an interesting dynamic. Yeah, like, like it's really like I like it because it's not like because Star Wars isn't supposed to be like a utopian universe or whatever. It's supposed uh, to be like a dystopian perception of it. Actually, it is. Yeah, it's very grungy and corrupt. Mm -hmm. Like that's the difference between it and Star Trek. In Star Trek, it's like you know the world's united and the like yeah. the, the Federation or whatever. Or there's, there's I can't. No more diseases. Yeah, exactly. Like they just everything's perfect. Like they all work together and stuff like that to defeat like these other problems. Whereas in Star Wars, like they have this brutal like dystopian mm. universe, and like there really are like I mean talking about. Yeah, like, I mean, there's planets where, like, entire civilizations are getting starved out and stuff like that. Like, so there's true. major like, crises and stuff like that. Um, but I, I really hope they continue to, like, bring those kind of story elements in in, like, future Star Wars stuff. Because, like, I, like they're so, like, concerned about, like, making it look, like... Uh, good or whatever or socially acceptable that they don't really bring in those ethically questionable things anymore i don't think at least i didn't get that perception with like the recent trilogy it was basically just like there's a good guy there's a bad guy the good guys need to win no matter what yeah what's funny is it sounds like when they were doing that they were trying to make it closer to what was in the original trilogy because the original trilogy, there is a very specific line of like these guys are bad these guys are good right mm -hmm, yeah trying to get to that but there's a lot more intricacies within that. And I, I think a yeah. lot of the characters there had a lot more depth as well. Whereas this, yeah. it is a lot more <laughs> ambiguous. It's, it, it's also like back in the original, like that, that is definitely one way to put it. But then in another way to put it, it's like that uh, total, uh, it, it's depending on your perspective, right? Because like it's the good guy, it's the good guys fighting the bad guys but it's also like this little group of rebels that are also considered terrorists trying True. to take down their their government they never right? talk about that from the other point of yeah view. Uh, the, re the rebellion is basically considered like isis <laughs> like they're yeah and and, yeah. and they, they get into that a little bit more with uh with star wars rebels the animated series they they touch up on it a tiny bit but um i think it's that shift of perspective is what changes uh, the character of Agent Callus as well, right? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I, I, cause I like that stuff because it makes it builds a better story. It's there's more world building, and it makes the story just like more interesting because it's like uh, with um, uh, the Stars Battlefront two game, like in the campaign, right? Like, uh, what's her name? The and Infernal Squad, like they're fighting for the Empire because that's like their life, like that. Yeah, yeah everything like that they know. They're protecting their their family and their homes, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. It's only when the Empire does something to really force the the perspective to change is when people actually start to to rebel. Like for for Iden Versio, it was yeah. when the orders were called for her homeworld to be destroyed. Yeah, and uh, and then for Agent Callus, it was like a, a a variety of events that happened over the course of Star Wars Rebels. Um, so you do have those shifts that happen, but it takes that one last straw snap to like change that person into believing that oh, these are the bad guys. Like yeah, those are actually the good guys. So yeah, but it's such a normal thing for so many people to join the Empire because. Uh, Luke even planned on becoming part of the academy. It was just yeah, a way did. of life. Yeah, because a lot yeah. of people they didn't have a lot of other options. So like they exactly. wanted to leave their backwater dirt farming middle of nowhere home, then they could yeah. the empire and go see the galaxy. Yep. Totally. Yeah, exactly. I love Tamara Morrison, man. She's the perfect fit for this character. Yeah, it's really good. It's crazy because you think like the whole casting scenario, the fact that they casted like a guy who's like Mari like from new zealand like that's mm-hmm. to be like the the guy who's oh maori yeah stuff. yeah like honestly that's really uh what's the word i know like everyone's pushing all like inclusivity and all that oh, nowadays. like like uh, culturally uh yeah diverse yeah, yeah and this is this is way ahead of the times on that george kind of yeah like, just, star wars has always been that way because even lando was like the first black main character in like a space franchise almost that's right true but oh, funny yeah George is still held against that because there's only one black guy until Samuel yeah, Jackson. and and Leia Leia being a character lead, which was not the most common thing to have a woman a woman lead in in a trilogy. Yeah, that's a good point. So, Especially sci-fi and, sci-fi action. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. she's the one. She's the one that opens up the whole the whole trilogy too. So. Yeah. But yeah, he's that guy. What's his name again? Tomorrow Morrison. Yeah, he's an awesome actor. Yeah, I think the last movie I saw him in was like Aquaman or whatever. He's the the dad or whatever. Yeah, he was oh, yeah, he's too. A... Yeah, you don't see him too often. I think he's in a lot of New Zealand films. Yeah, he is. Yeah. If one of you like takes a bite and just like steals it. <laughs> <laughs> too slow <laughs> i think there was something uh with the like robot chicken where he does that and then padme, <laughs> padme, sl- well, padme slaps the the pair away and she's like booyah <laughs> psych yeah man that little bite of pear was like it's always- <laughs> the cg <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too- okay this scene is so painful now like i can't Almost oh my gosh! 
just like we can't be together just like so awkward this is one of the things like so you find that the cgi didn't age well yeah. this entire romance i find did not age well at all when i was a kid i didn't have the like mental capacity to care yeah. but now it's just so painful to watch like i know they need to build like the kind of the cataclysmic relationship between him and Padme and stuff like that, right? But, yeah, like, it's sure, just yeah. so painful. It's oh, so man. I wouldn't even say that it, it aged poorly. I think it was bad when it came out. Like, Yeah, it was bad when it came out. It I just, I was too young to understand. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. I just love how after all this talking of them not being able to be together, she just dresses like the most erotic clothing she could possibly have. <laughs> I know. It's like, uh, it's so they, they, they made a joke in Robot Chicken. I remember that. Too. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> just yeah. comes out of lingerie. Yeah, yeah. Like, really? Like, oh my gosh. Poor Anakin. Just so tempted. <laughs> <laughs> I feel sorry for the chick that she had to dress like that, honestly. Like, that's gotta be so painful. Like, I wonder how many takes it took them to do all this, all these scenes where she had to stay dressed like that. Probably a lot. Well, she doesn't look happy. I imagine she only had to do it once. It's <laughs> <laughs> all they could get her to do. She oh, wasn't God. acting at all in this, in this moment. <laughs> yeah. We live in the real world. Come back to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah. I think I'm more curious what happened in between the last scene and this scene. Like, who, like, seduced who to like go to like super like empty, yeah, just like, sit down near the fire yeah, for like know, no reason. Yeah, like, I, there been had, someone had to have the game plan to get the other one into this seductive situation. Yeah. So who's being seduced? I love that line. I love that line. I wish I could just wish away my feelings, <laughs> but I can't. <laughs> Works every time, man. Use that in my girl all the time. Uh, like everything, everything you need. Not that I'm like personally very experienced with the relationships, but everything you need to like know not to do, you can learn from him in this movie. Yeah. Like I don't oh, think sure. any rational person like talks to like a chick the way he is it's hilarious like it so like it's weird. it's funny because it's almost like a shakespearean like well, comical did, level didn't you of, say like, did you hear did you hear that's something you cannot do yeah you can't <laughs> you can't be rational man can't be rational. <laughs> it's just so like oh it's just so over the top yeah, yeah. like i feel like george I don't know if he was trying to go for a specific angle, but like, I felt like he was kind of in all his movies. The relationships were always very over the top. Because I mean, when I think of yeah, uh, Leia and Han Solo, for example, like same thing. Like it's it's funny to watch that one. Like it's not as painful. It's yeah, to watch as that one. Harrison Ford sells it really yeah, well. Yeah, that's the thing. I think yeah. because Harrison knew what he needed to do. Maybe, yeah, exactly. Maybe Hayden Christensen was too young, so he was just yeah script. Mm -hmm. obviously it just didn't come across well at all but yeah the part I was no. make is like him as a character it's kind of all over the place because when he was like venting on padme earlier he was talking to her like he was venting to his mom yeah right yeah now he's like you know trying to get her in the mood yeah <laughs> Can you speak up, master? It's hard to hear you. Very <laughs> windy here. <laughs> what was that? 
background. <laughs> <laughs> we need to make our own audio edit of this. <laughs> I'm sorry, I still can't hear you. I'll try, I'll call back later. <laughs> <laughs> Switch to freedom, he must. <laughs> I'm also curious then how the Kaminoans got paid. Like, was it coming out? Were they paid originally by the Jedi Order or by the Republic? Uh, yeah, they were paid by the Republic. Uh, that's that's something that they actually got into with the Clone Wars in the in the early seasons as well with Even, the whole, the uh, the whole banking clans. Yeah, uh, yeah close to season season two made the order because I know they were paid uh, later, but when, when Sifo Diaz made the original. Oh, was that yeah? So Jedi? Sifo Diaz was part of the plan, uh, but I think Tyrannus was actually the one who paid for it uh, initially. Maybe uh, it's either uh, that or it. or it's either that or it was Palpatine who has been siphoning funds ever since he got elected as Chancellor. Right. Because there was another arc uh, about the banking clan that happened in season six as well, where. Padme is given evidence by Clovis that the banking clan is uh, like there's like yeah it's broken but scheme. also there's like uh, there's also hidden hidden funds that have been slowly Siphon. uh, siphoning funds yeah and then if you put all that together it makes, yeah so it's him funding his new empire basically with like pennies at a time but it amounts to this giant a mass amount of money so hmm. clever guy yeah, he's got to pay for that Death Star one somehow. Our government. <laughs> oh gosh, two of them plus yeah, right. plus the Star Killer base. Like, dude, yeah. that ain't that stuff ain't cheap. That's true. That's true. Apparently, yeah. they finally explain how they got the money for Star Killer base, and it was because they funded a casino. So all of the money from the casino apparently was enough to build Star Killer base. Really? Oh gosh. Yeah. So where was that? Where was that in? Uh, where did I read that? Well, I know the the casino that they were referring to is the one that they go to. Oh, uh, Canto Bite. That, Canto oh Bite, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, so I guess like, that literally. is owned by the First Order. Right. So they're like mobsters. Interesting. Hayden's acting in the in these scenes when he when is any any except the love scene is so easy to buy. He's actually quite a good actor when it comes to when he's being angry. Or when yeah, he's, he's like not he's not a bad actor. It's just the some, some of, of those scenes are just very painful. Yeah, True. yeah. Okay, I have to admit, this is probably one of the coolest ideas for a fight scene in the movies. That this is probably yeah. This is such a cool fight scene. Just the idea of like this super badass bounty hunter like. This is what well, people wanted to see when they finally had Boba fight Luke, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of kind of a cool ode to that because I mean, like in Return of the Jedi, they had, I guess they didn't have the you know, <laughs> oh! same technology that they do here, but that's true. It was a big part of it. I feel like it was also George trying to apologize a bit because Boba died like such a chump. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, got smacked in the back like yeah. accidentally yeah. and falls down a pit. Yeah, from a guy who like can't see what he's doing. He just people loved him just because he looked cool. Oh, like like that yeah. was it. Well, I mean, there's an entire race based off of off of it because Boba looked cool, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And this is the scene too where I'm like Wow, as cool as that guy's like armor and stuff like that is, like talk about the least suitable for like this environment. Like wet, oh, yeah. slippery, like does not work. Like the dude's got like the soles on his boots like are like squeaking around like <laughs> Yeah, totally. I, I love Camino so much, like the design of the whole yeah. planet and city cool. being like this water world, and oh, yeah, like so they sick. did such a good job, like world building, because they could have just like taken us into the building or whatever, right, and just had us look around at like the hallways inside. But no, we get this sure. like awesome fight scene taking place, yeah, on the outside That's of the uh, yeah. a lot of good, a lot of good scenes that happen on this planet, and like they improved it even in the Clone Wars. There was so much more added to it, and then. Uh, and then the Battlefront Two map is based on the combination of Clone Wars plus oh. the movie, oh, really? and yeah, they yeah. did uh, they did a spot on job with all that yeah. stuff. Like that's what I had a hard time with. Um, uh, what should I call it? Uh, Force Awakens, because like when they take you to the planet with uh, Mos Kamada's uh, place or whatever, I can't remember what they call it. The castle, but like, yeah. yeah, the castle. Like you don't see anything like all you see is the castle like right. you get a cool like know, scene of the planet you see like all those flags planet. there's a lot of flags there like, yeah know, a lot of had, flags and Anakin's racing flag yeah you had, the, like, you had the scene in the in the bar area and then you had the hallway downstairs where Ray gets the lightsaber <laughs> yeah. out of the case but that's about like, it no yeah it like the only cool like it was cool when they had the battle afterwards, but it was still like revolved around the castle. I'm like, I want to see this like this planet and stuff. Like, I want to see the world. Like, that's what was so sad too when they destroyed the Republic, quote unquote, at their yeah. new planet. Because like, I didn't even know where it was. I'm like, was that Coruscant? Like, I had to spend like time trying to figure out whether or not that was Coruscant because mm -hmm. they just I would rushed argue that was over it so fast. The most overlooked thing in that entire movie. Was like, yeah, the political side. Yeah, I remember they asked JJ about it, and he said that he was trying to do the opposite of what the prequels did. He thought that the prequels, they spent too much time trying to deal with the, the politics of the galaxy to get people to understand what's going on. So instead, he tried to ignore it entirely. And that backfired yeah. completely. Yeah, and they just backfired because it just meant they blew up this planet that was apparently the, where the, the New Republic was being held. And no one has any connection or understanding of what happened at all. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it was very poorly even, planned out. Even with the First Order, like, that was another thing, too, is that I had like no concept of like the scale of the First Order. Like, yeah, as far as I knew, their only planet was the Starkiller base. Like, that's the only spot that's they had control how they over. they made it look, yeah, for sure. Like, they, they do give you, like, once or twice, like, slight hints that they have, like, you know, a huge fleet and they're prepared to, like, take over the galaxy and blah, 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 right? But, like, they don't, they really do such a poor job of, like, making you appreciate the scale of that in the movie. Because, yeah, like, as far as I know, they're just, like, a little fledgling group, barely any bigger than, like, the, the resistance or whatever, right? So it's just like they dropped the ball so hard on that like that's one of the things that i had a really hard time with with those movies yeah i mean i agree i was right there with you they they did mm -hmm. a poor job explaining the situation 
yeah. on both sides. Yeah. Thankfully, actually, and I never thought that this would actually be an upside to Star Wars Resistance, but that's one of the upsides that came out of that show was uh, out of the two seasons that we got was uh, they actually added a lot more to the relationship between the First Order and the New Republic and uh, the tension between those two governments. That's good. And also why the Resistance is actually a resistance and not an official rebellion against yeah. the First or Order because that's never made clear in the Army of either. the Republic. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, yeah. what's the difference? Leia's still leading them. They exactly. have all the same equipment intact. Like, what's, what's going on? Yeah, Honestly, it's a very strange relationship. It's a shame because it really what it comes down to is them trying to hack a bunch of stuff together to make it feel like the same setting as original trilogy. That's what it is. Yeah, and they should yeah. have. Yeah, just they're trying. They're trying to cobble together the same plot. Yeah, yeah. They wanted the same feeling, right? Oh, yeah. so sorry not to break track, but this scene is so cool. Oh I love yeah, this so scene. cool. With the depth charges. Yeah, L- so awesome. This is the best like sound effect. I think has ever been in a film ever. I gotta commend it to yeah. Walker Sound. Just so cool. Or seismic charges. There's there we go. Like and I love that like build up to it too. That it's yeah. quiet for a second. Oh, it like, sucks the sound out. It's awesome. Yeah. Ah, so cool. It's just such a cool scene too. Like they did such a good job. I wonder if I can use that for like an incoming text message alert. <laughs> Probably. Seismic charges. Wow. Dude, just put that put that on like a loop for your uh, your phone, like the thing for your phone. <laughs> just like boom, boom, boom. It literally sounds like uh, it could be just uh, someone really strongly pulling up a string on a bass and then just boom. You know? Yeah, yeah pretty much. Actually. I mean, that could be it. <laughs> yeah. Give it a little bit of a like a techno sound too, and you're good to go. Yeah, little, yeah little a lot of these sound effects are quite simply made. Yeah, but the thing is, a lot of them are made by hand, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yes, Skywalker Sound is like the biggest sound library ever ever created. Mm-hmm. Man, that thing is loaded with guns. Like, the guns that he shot Obi-Wan before were at the bottom. Yeah. Those cannons. And then now he's firing at him with these little little things on the, on the, the, yeah. middle, yeah. the midsection. I always wondered that. Cause I always wonder why he didn't use the main guns during this scene. Because I, I actually yeah. didn't notice that it was coming from the middle until I bought the Lego. And I noticed they had the extra guns that fold out the sides. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Same here. Yeah. Like that is just such a cool shit. Like I, that's one of the things I ri- wish they had made was like a proper like Star Wars uh, RPG game or something like that. Yeah. Like I don't know if you guys play it or, or like I can't. It's kind of hard to make a comparison to like what it should be like in relation to like an RPG game. Like I don't know if you guys have heard like of a game modern... called like. Have ahead. you heard of like Star Citizen? Yeah, yeah. I don't... Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the so, game like, that'll never be released. Yeah, that's yeah. taking forever for them to make. Yeah. But uh, if they did something like that, but Star Wars, like that would be, be so, so cool. cool to like be able to have yeah. like a ship like the uh, like uh, Boba Fett's or, or Jango Fett's. We could actually like, customize it entirely, and then have yeah, like, it would be cool. Yeah. Flight capabilities and interplanetary like docking and everything. Yeah, that'd be a super fun game. Honestly, yeah, I would just sweet. settle for uh, like an updated version of Kotor. 
What's That's that? That's basically just the Old Republic. Yeah, it's the uh, the, uh, the precursor, yeah. Because the story of the Old Republic actually follows up on the uh, the Knights of the Old Republic storylines. Yeah. But make it make a little more free world, and then you can, like, customize your own ships entirely so you have that free mm-hmm. control. And yeah, because right now you just buy a ship and then off yeah, you go. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, like, it's not really yeah. the same. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Star Wars games, are they making a sequel to uh, Jedi Fallen Order? Yes. Oh, sweet. I'd be surprised if they didn't, yeah. No, yeah, because it's like the game's kind of gone quiet. Like, they haven't really done, as far as I know, like, they haven't really added. There's, like, been no DLC as far as I know. Like, they haven't really done anything. They're too busy working on the next one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just so accustomed now to having, like, post-release content. I'm, it was like a shock to my system when I didn't hear anything about the game for like. I'm actually really happy about it because it just yeah. it's a it's a game that stands on its own as like a great game to play. And yeah, like I miss the days story. when. Yeah, I miss the days when I could buy a game, and that would be the game. Like yeah. it was like a quality, like well done. Like there were minimal issues, for the most part, and stuff well, like that. Well, that's the kind of that's the kind of game that Blake prefers too. Yeah. <laughs> Like, not, like, a, basically a DLC hoarding, yeah. like, for the next, like, three years. Oh, that guy, he's in the Netflix special, um, uh, what's it called? The one with Will Smith in it and like the like the future cop thing or whatever, or not future cop. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah. The, uh, like, the uh, fantasy one? Yeah, yeah. Where he's like his partner is the orc? Yeah. Yeah, Home so. Something, the, or isn't it? Uh, uh, I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. So he, that guy there, Owen or whatever, he's the orc. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's funny watching these movies now and like recognizing some of these actors and some of like the minor roles like totally. from back then. And now they're like big, like successful actors. Like I think he's uh, in the, uh, another Netflix movie, uh, The King or something like that too. That's about mm. the Battle of Agincourt. Interesting. Yeah, no, it's. I gotta, I gotta say this too. It's really good to see. Like, this is the first time we ever see the Lars Homestead. Yeah, that's true. Actually, like as a precursor to a New Hope. Yeah, as a precursor yeah. to why Luke is sent there in the first place. Like, mm. this is like this is Luke's family, right? Like, the yeah. reason is because Anakin's mother uh, was sold to them, and then she ended up marrying the guy who bought her and uh yeah and that's what makes those people 
their family because she was a single mom that had Anakin born out of nowhere, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so a lot of a lot of people were probably super confused when they saw the Phantom Menace because they'd be like, "What just happened? Like, like this entire family situation is is makes no sense now." Like, and so this is probably a huge revelation to a lot of people who had concerns about that when they just had the phantom menace out of the trilogy of prequels that we were going to get it's true yeah because people went in thinking that it was just it was just a regular kid who became anakin and then luke's father right so it's just like yeah his exactly his aunt and uncle yeah. were a, a blood mm-hmm. at the time there was never any apparent uh proof that that the jedi couldn't have any attachments to people right oh, so that too yeah that was that was something that the prequels actually introduced and made very clear that this whole relationship thing and why Luke and Leia are like two of the only four sensitive children in the galaxy is because Jedi just didn't have children. It does make sense. This is one of like I think the darkest is one of my favorite shots. Yeah. yeah, or well, like or not necessarily this scene, but like this sequence is I think up until like the end of revenge of the sith is probably some of the darkest shots we've seen so far yeah totally. like, i don't yeah, think absolutely. anything in phantom madness really compares to this at all like well, the fight scene at the end is really epic but i nothing really comes to mind for me yeah they definitely show uh, anakin turning like stepping more and more towards the dark side through this yeah yeah just like brutal looking terrain is that a painting? It it does. Like, it kind of has that a, way, like a yeah. matte painting kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did an amazing job with the building of of uh, of just the entire Geonosian culture and yeah. the planet yeah. and the race and their technology. Like it's everything so was like very cool. Anything yeah. Else. It's cool. Like. They're like yeah, and, not only really ant bugs, but they also have like this kind of like ancient Rome kind of architecture going on. Yeah, yeah, and again, like they did such a great job, like world building with them, because like we could just be like inside of a cave or a factory or whatever, but no, like they introduce all this like amazing architecture, and then like as the movie goes on, like you see more and more and more of yeah. Geonosis. It's not just like a fleeting like, oh, here's geonosis and then you're gone and you never see yeah. it again yeah totally because like from an outside view not in the actual other cities it could kind of just be seen as like a red version of tatooine mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i love how different like they make it to be like yeah. geonosis being being like a physically rocky. like looks different and that's something that i think jakku really like failed on is actually being something different than tatooine yeah, yeah. It's basically just a, a Tatooine a version of like version. a steel, yeah. like a ship graveyard. Yeah. It's like, oh, Tatooine, but we got a bunch of destroyed Star Destroyers, so it looks cool. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to take a moment to say that George created uh, an entire group called the Techno Union. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All hail George Lucas. <laughs> the banking plan will join your training. I love the Techno Union. It's so cool. I just, yeah. I was disappointed that we didn't really get more of them. Yeah. It I think, feels like that could be the name of like a techno band, you know? Like, yeah. like a b- bunch of DJs. We're the Techno yeah. Union boys. Like, yeah. I think this <laughs> seems kind of 
this scene's kind of interesting because like it gives you like uh like there's so much uh important like what they're talking about and stuff like that is like hugely significant in that scene yeah but it's super short so like as a kid like i remember like i had no idea what any of those guys were talking about but like now like i appreciate that like world building and and, like what they're talking about like way more now because they're basically talking about like a a full-scale like uh succession or civil war or whatever Mm -hmm. right yeah well yeah they're straight up copying what happened uh, during the civil war in the states right it was like the yeah, southern exactly. states this is them like trying they to create together. A, another like, government that they're trying to overthrow yeah. the current government yeah, yeah totally yeah okay this is this is hayden christensen's acting at his best right here yeah, like he's not a bad actor. Like this is a really good like this is a super important scene. Yeah. Like yeah. he did a really really good job. Just just, just yeah, watch his did. face when when he hears his mother. And once again, like with the soundtrack, just like absolutely killing it. Totally, like, yeah. Sets sets the tone so well. Uh, I love how he just comes out and just beheads those two guys. Yeah, he just like straight up. Loses it. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can really kind of see like the breaking moment in him there. Because like, oh yeah, before that he was he's real, really an idealist, right? Mm. Yeah. So, like he wanted. Yeah, he's to... flirting with a girl, having a good time, yes. like. It's true, right? And like he had always had this idea that things are tough now, but like they they will work out. Even that comes to his slave days of always kind of like being a bit of a dreamer, I guess. Yeah. Like, he, he told his mom that he was going to go back and save her. Right? He's probably always had this idea in the in the back of his head to go finish his training, and then he's going to go yeah. rescue his mother. Yeah, yeah, that was a promise that he made to her yeah. back in the Phantom Menace, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like you, you kind of left a little bit to think at the beginning of the movie here that he's kind of forgotten that though when he sees the dreams and everything he goes immediately to her right he's reminded of that and then yeah. it's just it's stripped away from him yeah 
yeah it's like heartbroken and also it's 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 uh the only line in the whole movie that actually includes qui-gon's force ghost but when you see yoda there meditating and feeling what anakin's going through oh really in the, if you if you have the subtitles on yeah which ours are right now you'll see that qui-gon is his name is in the brackets and he says anakin anakin no oh wow and yeah, it's not actually Obi-Wan's voice. It's it's Qui-Gon in the Force yeah. responding to what Anakin is going through. That's crazy. I actually, I've always That's just really assumed cool. that was Obi-Wan. And no, yeah, because Obi-Wan doesn't know anything about this right now. That's true. It's the, it's the echo in the Force that Qui-Gon hasn't even revealed himself yet to even Yoda which he does in the Clone Wars, but but and that's the first time he actually reveals himself. Mm. Uh, aside from Mortis, uh, he he did that to Obi Wan yeah. and Anakin yeah. as well. But but aside from those moments that are already like a year yeah. away from this event right here, he's like, it's strong enough that that he's able to communicate with with what's happening yeah. right now. Like Qui Gon is such like an important character, and and but like you get like only just like super fleeting uh like references to to his importance like throughout the yeah, rest of these absolutely. movies and stuff like that it's like yeah. he's now the connection between what is revealed to be the, the big bad that they're aware of yeah and like the yeah. order right yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah he he reveals to yoda the cave on dagobah and and uh and that's where yoda oh. also experiences where the name sidious actually comes from so the clone wars once again playing into a huge part of the unveilment of everything right that's really cool i love how angry he is like it's just so believable yeah you know? yeah People like the like... only person that ever loved him is gone oh and the blue juice <laughs> the blue yeah. milk yeah so, yeah, sorry not to take away Josh. Yeah, like that's a super important moment. It's like the only person that I ever loved, Blue Juice. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. That's so funny. Is it milk or juice? I can't remember. It's milk. It's, it's milk. It's milk. Yeah. Okay. Well, Blue Juice. <laughs> don't even. That's I, gonna be my new text tone from. Re, that's gonna be my new read text tone. <laughs> Every time I get a message from you now, Reed, I'm gonna I'm gonna record a little thing and set it as my ringtone. <laughs> juice. Blue juice. <laughs> oh, oh my man. gosh. You should also put in the intro so everybody's yeah. on. Like, and Reed is back. Blue Juice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. You a catchphrase. <laughs> the best. I will even learn to stop people from dying. Like, man, you know he's yeah. far gone when he drops that one. It's true, yeah. but he's kind of always had that as a plan to some level. I, I, it's it's right, amazing yeah, because this good. is that's this true. is what connects like the whole plot of Revenge of the Sith together is like is that he's so mad and upset by like his mother's death that like he vows like he's mm. he's going to prevent people from dying like people that he cares about right and that plays a very key moment into like what he does as far as like his dreams about padme right mm. he's just like so haunted by like what happened and what he's currently going through that that he will do anything yeah. at all to prevent him from going through that again exactly This is crazy too that he like confesses this to 
Yeah. Like how, like the absolute savagery in him. Like this is such a like uh, this whole the scene. The Vader theme, the Vader theme right here. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Like so well done. Like they did such a good job. Like with this, like turning point and stuff like that. Because really, like that's all we had known was like that optimistic, like boyish attitude and, and mm. like idealism. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. I, I would actually see a failing in this scene is actually Padme because. She just doesn't react to yeah, what like, he's saying. Honestly, because like we get that the sand people are like these weird like tribal creatures. We don't even know if they're like properly sentient humanoids at this point, right? We think they could be just yeah. like, just slightly above like like banthas or wild dogs or something. Yeah. But yeah. from her point of view, as an off worlder, they're like any other peoples of the galaxy. And he's just saying he like slaughtered their children and their women and everything. And she just doesn't really react. No. Yeah. Doesn't say anything. And it's like this chancellor is fighting for all these, all the peoples of the Republic. You think she would be, that would be like an absolute deal breaker. She's offended at the idea of an, of a military, like not even necessarily a powerful one, just a military she's uh, totally offended by the idea like she in fandom menace she was a, she was basically the only one that was like really offended at the idea of slavery even yeah that and too. he just talked exactly. about how he just like wiped out like an entire group of like all these like sentient or semi-sentient uh peoples or whatever and just like barely blinks an eye yeah she's just worried about him yeah, yeah, yeah. She is. She does love him at this point too. She just doesn't want to admit to it, um, and I think that's that's why it comes yeah. later. But I, I think it's worth noting here that the gravestones uh, at the Lars homestead, we're gonna have to watch for them uh, in in a new hope because I don't know if they ever show up again. And and there's three of them there. So yeah. like, there's it's not a coincidence that there's three. I don't think. I mean, like, unless they wanted to, in this moment, uh, just kind of visually shows like oh it's that's a family homestead just gets passed down right yeah but uh i don't know it's it's possible that three of them could be there by the time of uh a new hope as well i've never actually bothered looking for it i have a feeling that the camera angle is never wide enough that they'd be in it and that's why that's true yeah yeah Yeah, the angle is very specific yeah 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 like even when we like he first came to the homestead or whatever and we see the homestead for the first time you don't see any of the uh yeah the headstones in that uh, those shots yeah exactly hope you want being a boss here pew 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 It is no match for a droidicas. <laughs> <laughs> so it's cool. No match for a droidicas.
Well, if they just pack up 3PO and steal him with I know, eh? Yeah, just like casually takes a droid that he spent, like, yeah. that they probably could barely even afford to have yeah. in the yeah, first place. And there's like this old crippled guy, he's like in a wheelchair, he's like, take yeah. this droid. Like, you're on your own, right? dude. See you later. <laughs> while, while Anakin's like saying goodbye to his mother at her grave, at least, like, he's he, he's sitting there in his wheelchair thinking, at least I'll have the droid to remember you by. And uh, then Anakin packs that up, gone? too. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Like, well, I built him, so he's mine. I'm taking him. Yeah, I know you could use him, but as a Jedi him, with no possessions, I have to take this. Do you oh, want him? Come and get him, old man. Sorry, but this moment right now, like Jar Jar is like pivotal oh, yeah. moment, his ultimate contribution. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Not getting the new grant emergency powers to the Supreme <laughs> Chancellor. <laughs> yeah. Well done. And with that, the end of democracy. Uh-huh. With thunderous applause. <laughs> That's right. I love it. He just tells him the truth right there. Yeah, he does. He tells, he tells him everything he needs to know. And and I love how in the Clone Wars they actually acknowledge that. Like when when they finally put the pieces together, uh, they face Dooku on uh, on the what's that planet with the Pikes, uh, and uh, Obadiah, and uh, and and uh, Obi Wan is it doesn't even know like the Jedi have no idea that Count Dooku is Darth Tyrannus right like he keeps this Darth title a total secret right yeah. and uh, and so he finally says you are the man they called 
Tyrannus, and then he's like, I told you everything you needed to know on Geonosis, Kenobi. So it's true. Yeah, I remember that it's, line. Like, yeah. I don't I don't know how much uh like uh Count Dooku is in the um Clone Wars series and stuff like that, but like I have to say, like out of all the villains in the uh prequels, like he's probably my favorite villain. Like it's too bad he was killed so early on in Revenge of the Sith, because as far yeah. as like uh Sith Lords go, like he's probably one of the most like or at least for me, like I really uh think uh what's his name did like a really great job with him because his character is so interesting because he's not just like an outright like oh i need to kill all the jedi right now like he's so much more manipulative and tries to get people to sympathize with his cause and stuff like that like as yeah. far as like in relation to like the world building and stuff like that goes like he he's like a really like cool villain and cool character like he's, yeah, he's he probably my yeah. favorite villain the uh uh the, the prequel trilogy yeah i'd agree with that christopher lee did an amazing job with it like it was such a good mm -hmm. cast yeah for sure. and i actually i'll agree with that I, I think there was a lot more that could have been done in the revenge of the sith for a lot of this like political turmoil yeah As like i didn't i didn't dislike general grievous but i just felt like i was kind of like oh like it's too bad that count dooku was just killed off so quickly like yeah. that's why i say like i haven't watched the uh clone wars series so he's, he's a big part of it yeah, so yeah. i think like revenge of the sith is kind of the cap to the clone wars like it's yeah exactly the end of the clone wars right because i mean that so. movie even starts out like really abrupt with like the invasion of like or the uh the siege of coruscant or whatever you're yeah it's yeah, called right. battle over coruscant um which is a super cool scene but it's also like kind of comes in out of nowhere like yeah, the, which is part of the cool part about it in the movie itself like yeah the whole thing like starts in this big huge battle but i do totally agree with what you're saying because general grievous just doesn't have the depth that can't do this no. character does yeah and actually i would say i actually dislike what clone wars did to count dooku's character because he gets foiled over and over and over again and he starts to become like i say actually loses some depth from that because like he is supposed to be this like ex-jedi turned politician who's the head of the separatist order and he becomes this guy that gets like foiled every week with his new evil plan <laughs> yeah he's like I a mad know. scientist like yeah. ah, i'm gonna build an evil new thing and then yeah, well, he's exactly. like a bond villain he's like a bond villain at that about point. I, I wouldn't put it that way i mean he's he's, he's on the show like a, quite a bit not like every week though but yeah I mean, well, time just his i think i think that's why that's why they made grievous because grievous is the one that gets foiled and then grievous is dooku's failure right yeah and uh and right. so like yeah like the, i think there's a lot of a lot of times where Dooku actually comes out on top, but then Grievous is like pointed at as the one that's like the, the incompetent one kind of thing, right? Yeah, they definitely did that too. Yeah. But I don't know. I think Dooku's character did take some. Uh, like a take like a hit some kind loss. of thing, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And actually, this does remind me. I remember watching a episode or a uh, recording of Filoni, Dave Filoni, and he was talking about exactly this. And, but he alluded more to General Grievous, and when they made Rebels, they were terrified that if they used Darth Vader too much, he would become like this comical, like yeah, easily totally. foiled villain. 
Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. They, I don't think they were that worried about it when they made Clone Wars and they used Dooku yeah. as, as a main villain. because No, they definitely uh, figured it out as they went along. Yeah. Then again, he doesn't have the same weight that Darth Vader has, right? So No, yeah. but he has a lot I of think, weight in a different kind of way, though, I would say. Yeah, yeah he does. Yeah. Like I was going to say, that's why I like his character so much, is that he's not trying to be like other like Sith Lords and stuff like that. Like he, They did such a good job like making him into his like own character basically because like i'm just the fact that they call him count dooku and he has like that arrogant uh attitude like and he's not like as like outright evil as some of the other sith lords are like he's very manipulative like he tries to get obi-wan to like sympathize with his cause and stuff like that he tries to pass himself off as this like he has so much depth to his character because he's actually his background is he came from a really wealthy family of a, a, a political family. Yeah. And so he's one of the only Jedi to be allowed to have connection to his, his prior life. And that's mm-hmm. the title count comes from, yeah. uh, from his, his family's origins. And like, yeah. Yeah, that's something, that's something that they got into with Dooku Jedi lost is that like, he gave up the title of Jedi because he wasn't allowed to like keep in touch with his original ancestry. Right. Then he was actually a total fluke and flaw that he was able to actually find his family in the first oh, place. That how it was. Because yeah, because his dad thought he was a freak. He thought he was just like a, a, a like this you know strange mutant guy with powers. So he called the Jedi to get rid of him oh, because really? he could not stand the sight of his his freak son kind of thing. So yeah, wow. they they get into that with the yeah that's in the canon the canon book. Yeah. But yeah, like. I, I really like his character too because it like because he's so unique. I mean, he's got the unique lightsaber. Uh, he's yeah. different from like any other totally, Sith Lord yeah. that we've seen and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think a lot of it is that that political part of it. And what's really interesting in comparison to him and other like Sith Lords or big bads is generally the villain is always after power. They want more power, right? They want to be able to yeah. manipulate people and the world around them. But Dooku. Yeah. His character is more like he found out something he wasn't supposed to, and now he himself he's just trying to save himself from what he yeah. knows is going to happen. Like yeah. He's, yeah. he's just trying to survive. He wasn't actually trying to gain power. Yeah, definitely. Because, yeah, I mean, like, that scene with Obi-Wan that we just had where he was talking to him, like, he tries to get Obi-Wan to, like, team up with him, which is, which yeah. is like, a typical Sith thing. But, like, yeah. but, yeah, like, he's trying to, trying like, to save change, the, change the situation because like, he Dooku doesn't is, realize. Yeah, and that's a good point. Like, Dooku is not trying to gain political uh, – he's, he's not trying to gain uh, – power like what anakin is exactly seeking. like yeah he's not trying to gain that kind of power i think like one way to put it though is he would be trying to seek political gain uh to prevent himself from being knocked out of the playing field because yeah yeah he, you're right like he, he knows exactly what's coming so he's working himself into a position that isn't going to be knocked off the board right yeah like he is in a position of power right now he's just trying to stay there at this point yeah like he's the head yeah. of the separatist movement it's just yeah it's gonna be a, a struggle for him to to stay the way, there. The, way and, the way that this part's edited i always yeah. thought that that was her that pod was and then, yeah, yeah i thought that was her yeah. she was done yeah every time man <laughs> just anakin no yeah <laughs> turn to magma 
That's a very warm-looking costume to be wearing on a warm planet. Well, oh yeah. Well, I mean, like we're talking about the same people that wear like big cloaks on like Tatooine or whatever, right? Yeah. So it's <laughs> they got high-tech clothing, man. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something that we didn't really talk about is this scene right now is the first full 3D, 100% 3D scene they ever made. Oh, really? Yeah, so this is the first time where everything in it, except for the actors, is 3D, and they did the whole thing in a green screen room from every angle. Wow. And the rest of the, rest of the movie followed suit, but... Yeah, well, well yeah, probably afterwards. Um, but a lot of it, even then, it was a lot of, like, props, and they still had some, like, general stuff. Some of it was also still miniatures, but that was the first one that was 100% 3D. Turned out really well. Yeah. They did a good job, especially considering they were up against odds of not knowing what they were doing. Yeah. I love this arena, man. Such a cool, like. Yeah, thing again, to have. like. Stellar world building. Like, it's such a, yeah, super cool scene. Because, I mean, they could have made it to, like, just be similar to, like, the, the pod racing crowds and stuff like that that we saw in Phantom Menace, but no, like, they did it, like, totally different. Yeah. I mean, it Yeah, made it very gladiator-style. Like, yeah. And in the background, you see, like, there's, like, w old rusty weapons and stuff, like, propped up against some of the walls, like, near mm -hmm. the gates. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. Like, there's so much yeah. history that they added to this place. Yeah. And let's not forget that they're about to play one of the greatest songs in this entire movie. One of the only original songs left for, I think, that everything else got cut, Across the Stars. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's a good song. It's so romantic, man. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Like, it reminds me of, like, a Shakespearean play. Like, what, just how kind of over top everything is. I think the entire prequel trilogy could be considered very Shakespearean. And yeah. The, the, just the style that it's done, right? That's definitely yeah. what it's going for. Yeah. Yeah. Just Operatic. Listen, just listen to the music, boys. Uh, it swells. So what did you say this song was original to? Uh, it, it was movie. for this. So originally, John Williams, just like all the other films, had written entirely unique score with just a few songs uh, homage, depending on uh, settings of what they were originally made for in the other films. But George recut the movie after John Williams had finished doing all of his music. And so from pretty well here on out, all the music that was written for it couldn't be used. And George recut previous music into it. Is it no oh. So up until this point, we've had like music unique to this movie, but after this, it's all going to be. It's going to be just like recut, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's unclear like which which bits were still like unchanged, but yeah. um, I was just told uh, specifically the whole arena and the and the battle, all of that they had to scrap the music for him. Oh wow. Mm -hmm. 
see look at those rusty weapons on the wall yeah it's so cool like yeah, it's like very, how old is that cool. thing probably like 500 plus you know oh 2, dude, yeah. years old. some poor seen... guy just got mulched over there in the corner <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah this stuff has seen better days and some of these monster designs too so cool honestly so yeah. cool yeah Too man unique. classic line yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's actually very surprising because she's never really been shown as someone to be like particularly competent outside of maybe just the battle of of Naboo, right? And all of a sudden she's like lockpicking yeah. it. They really there's not a lot of foreshadowing to that. Yeah. No, yeah, like of like she really is like Leia's strong female. Lead yeah, character yeah at this point. exactly. Like you could totally, yeah. There's a lot of scenes where you can uh, you can see that there is this very strong resemblance between her and Leia being like strong yeah. female leads with like a lot more behind them than what you would and you know expect. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, now that I think of it, yeah, like, they really did, like, do a good job, like, drawing parallels between her uh, and Leia. Because, I mean, yeah, like, she starts out as, like, a uh, kind of a pampered princess, basically, that kind of gradually, like, you know, endures more uh, ch challenges and stuff, like, in yeah. New Hope. Or, or well, for both in New Hope and in Phantom Menace. And now in this one, in the, sec in the sequel, they're having to, like, actually fight more. And in Clone Wars, in Clone Wars, they give her a lot of like tough moments too, where she's you know in there with a blaster and the action. Yeah. And I yeah. even want to point out in this scene specifically, there's even a lot of visual reference because like when you think of Leia, that you think of the buns and oh, her white, yeah. And here, yeah. She's wearing white oh, costume, white. and she has a bun. That's a yeah. good point. Yeah. Like there's even that visual correspondence to to the characters. Yeah. Yeah. Space rodeo. It's <laughs> a big <laughs> jump. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> It's like an homage to an old cowboy movie there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right away into the sunset. Yeah. <laughs> Just be like, see you, Obi-Wan. <laughs> Just ditch him there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, 
Dango, finish it off. <laughs> <laughs> so impatient. She will die. Out those <laughs> <laughs> yeah, roll out the droidicas. That's right. That's your answer to everything. Exactly. <laughs> it really is. Every time a Jedi's defeated, yeah. there's in this movie there's like a droidicon involved. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <gasps> That right there. The reveal, Best. the proof. Okay, my my yeah. bet is that he came up with this line too. <laughs> Such a Samuel L. Jackson thing to say. I'm sure I'm sure he has something else that was written on the script, and oh, then he's like, you know what? Screw that. I'm gonna say my own thing. This party's over. <laughs> he probably looked at that script and was like, dude, please. Like, no way. Yeah. Yeah. Except using more uh, colorful language. <laughs> it's totally. Yeah, I would be surprised by that. Oh, there we go. Big reveal. Oh, Super battle droids. That is the first time that we see them, right? We haven't seen them yet at this point. That's correct. That's right. Yeah. yeah. The droids can run. I couldn't run in the last movie. No, yeah. Stepping it up. I like watching some of the Jedi in the background fighting just to yeah. see how good they are at improvising, you know? Yeah. Like the actors, that is. Like with the, with the you know, with nothing in front of them kind just of thing. I to like pretend. to see who's. Yeah, I like, I like them, to see who's more creative, yeah. I bet a lot of them are CG as well. Actually, they filmed elements for all those guys. All of them? Yeah. Well, wow. a lot a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> they lost a lot of Jedi here too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Mm, yep, they did. I think it was like 600-something Jedi went in, and very few were left by the end of it. That's crazy. Wow. That's such a loss. <laughs> well, when was the last time the Jedi, like, went to war? Like, when they defeated the, the Sith or whatever? Yeah, like over a thousand years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so perfect. Yeah. Oh no, not the horned guy. No. no! <laughs> and that that's what I love about Django's character, man. He's cuz they could have just made him like the same as Boba, but like yeah. with the dual blasters and stuff, he's just like such a cool character. Like he does yeah. such a good job with him. They made him such like this badass like cowboy. Yeah. Totally. Oh no, man! I don't know what it is with Mandalorians and their jetpacks, but they just cannot catch a break. No. <laughs> no, it's always the it's always the weak spot. Every time. No. I love Duke's face. Like, Duke's yeah. face. Just like, oh, 
Well, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they brought Arnold Schwarzenegger in for that one line. Just, just the voice in that one I love his smile. Yeah. There. I love how they brought that in. They brought yeah. one little thing in the Clone Wars and then they turned him into like a smiley Jamaican guy. Oh, wow. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. I love all the episodes that Kip Fisto is, is in. There's a good season one episode called uh, Lair of Grievous or something like that, where he goes to Grievous's lair. Hmm. I always like that one quite a bit. Oh, yes. Oh, the moment of truth. <laughs> so much justice oh, in this man. moment. <laughs> Go for the legs. He's like, yeah, I got a lightsaber. You're done now. Yeah. <laughs> Easy mode activated. <laughs> Taking out the trash. I really feel like in the prequels, they just, they really hammed up the droids a lot. Like, they were always yeah. kind of comical in the original films, but there's like a whole another level of just cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel like Phantom Menace wasn't that bad as far as like the comicality of the droids and stuff like that yeah. and this one there you can tell though they're definitely starting to ramp it up yeah but it's definitely a stepping like stone series because i know by the yeah. next one honestly i find them way too cheesy it takes me oh yeah the last one is it's like watching like you can definitely tell like they this movie was made for kids pretty much yeah, or exactly. like that element of it which is super weird because it has some of the darkest stuff but then it's like all the droids are replaced with essentially jar jars yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> it's kind of a cool moment too, because it reminds me of like uh, I don't know if you guys have seen like Forty Seven Ronin or whatever, like the samurai that were prepared to sacrifice themselves for uh, like honor, basically. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I guess there's definitely a connection there. Because, like, I remember uh, last time we were talking about kind of like the uh, uh, Luke, George Lucas's like interest in like uh, Oriental history or something like that. Yeah, yeah. he loves samurai movies and yeah. old west. Yeah, old that's west like a stuff. very all the fifties, fifties and sixties movies. Yeah, because like, because that's kind of very fam uh, famous like samurai movie is uh, like I don't know if you've seen the western. Uh, Magnificent Seven. That's based yeah, off of, like a, a very famous, like a super classic. But yeah, because because that, that moment is just like a super. That's like one hundred percent like a, a samurai type moment. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. This scene is probably like. Like, as devastating as this scene is for the Jedi and stuff like that, this is probably one of my favorite, like, sequences 
Oh, yeah. uh, as far as like battles go so far in this movie, it just like the introduction of the uh, the drop ships is just so freaking cool. Oh, yeah, they played it so well. This next battle yeah. is super cool. I oh, think the this, battle is awesome. Yeah, this is like the first full scale armies fighting Star Wars has ever done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, the rebels never do. Because that's like not what the rebels really do. They don't yeah, really do conventional yeah, yeah. Like uh, and the, the battle, uh, the battle of Naboo. The battle of Naboo was also quite a bit more small scale. Small scale compared, compared to, this. to this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is like two full armies. So that was like the last of the the Gungan soldiers, yeah. and then like yeah. the uh, <laughs> more likely they were wiped force. out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. I love that oh line so gosh. much. <laughs> I'm gonna start using that for as many things as I can. <laughs> well likely that will wiped out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are we out of cheese? Yeah. More likely it was wiped out. <laughs> oh my gosh, so good dude. Yeah. Again, the leader of the Genosians is like an entirely different race. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why George is doing that. He's like a yeah. special race. It's like yeah. the same thing with the the uh, the Gungans or whatever. They have a exactly. ruling a ruling caste in their society that's just totally different. It's like an alternate yeah. race bloodline. Yeah, <laughs> you're either born a leader, or you're born a slave. <laughs> <laughs> It's so true. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, George. Oh my goodness. You gotta love him. You gotta love him. So like, it's pretty funny. It's so funny. Also, we never see these spider droids or these ones we see. Yes. But the tall ones and the rolling droids with the big wheels. They don't really seem to use those again. Maybe in the Clone Wars cartoon, but. Like, yeah, actually, that's a that's a good point. I I think the the droids, the big wheel droids. I forget what those are called yeah. now, but yeah, you yeah. never see those again. No, uh, yeah, I remember them in the uh, original Star Wars Battlefront Two game. Like they were in the game and stuff like that. But yeah, no, yeah, not not in the movies again. Only yeah, it was uh, that they replaced the them Hale, with the, the, the amphibious. IG... IG-227 Hailfire right. class droids. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I, I don't know actually if those are in. Yeah. Oh, I love I love this moment though, because like, that's such a cool, like I love what they did with the ATTEs or whatever, because so, they're such a cool like precursor to the. Oh, uh, yeah, ATATs. Like, yeah. Like, that's one of the things I love about this movie is how much they like, because I, I, I mean, I never saw The Phantom Menace when it came out in theaters or this movie, but like, I can't imagine how fans must have felt with Phantom Menace because they must have been like, what parts of this are relative to like, you know, the Empire and the Rebellion and stuff like that. But yeah. with this movie, they do like a <laughs> way better job tying those things in. Yeah. It's easy to miss, too, surprisingly, because a lot yeah. of people don't remember the scene, but, uh, but like, it's, yeah, yeah, this scene so easy to miss. Schematics. Oh yeah, very easy to miss. I but, never yeah. remembered this scene when I was a kid. Like I hardly ever re like remembered because it's just such a fleeting moment. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. No, and then Duke says together. he's gonna take take the designs to Coruscant. They'll be safe there with my master. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but back on the designs, uh, they actually were referencing. The differences between stuff from World War One and World War Two. So, like the original tanks of World War One, how they changed World War Two, 
and they tried yeah. to use that as a guide to take the ATATs and try to make something that could have come before it. And that's how they yeah. came mm. Yeah, like yeah. it's really cool because it's not just like because like the ATATs are like a super like menacing, like incredibly powerful and difficult like system mm. for the rebels to destroy. But the ATTs in this, like that's one of the things I think they did a good job with is like making it like an earlier design. Like there's faults that's in like, it and it's weaker and in a lot of it. Yeah, slower. Like they're way larger, more vulnerable. Guns and stuff. Yeah, or like exposed turrets, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool. Like, the exposed turrets actually would be an exact, exact um, comparison of World War One, World War Two. A lot of that stuff back yeah. then was like it's still like cannons. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, definitely. This part is so cool. It's probably the best part of yeah. the entire movie. It's just so epic. Yeah. Like yeah, this is the such an awesome battle to to watch or whatever. Those same those same laser ships were used uh, on the Zillow Beast in uh, Clone Wars. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I was talking to one of the guys who works at ILM, and he was saying that uh, the fight uh, coming up here where the guys are like running through the dust here, this when they're shooting, yeah. like it would take like days to render this like shot because oh yeah because like I bet just to get all the ambience and the lighting and everything yeah. just to like, render out the comp. It would be like two or three days just to get a version. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Man. I mean, when you're looking at computers that came out of yeah. the Windows XP era, like, you know, it's it's insane to think that they were even to accomplish like half the shots that we get in this yeah. entire fight sequence. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so absolutely. So something I'll say about the dropships right now is like I never really thought about this before, but looking at it right now, there's actually like some strong uh, design elements that they took from like a uh, Soviet uh, Mi-24 uh, gunship. Oh, really? Yeah, because that was kind of like the staple like uh, concept of a gunship or a talc helicopter really? uh, that the Soviets came up with that they used very, very heavily. Uh, for like literally the exact role in uh, the Soviet Afghan war. So it's like like especially the cockpit, like you can tell it like it oh, takes yeah. very strongly from mm. the design element with the uh, the double the, cockpit. Yeah, the double uh, cockpit like that. Um, and they would like use it for the same role like they would drop off like uh, Spetsnaz units and stuff yeah. like that. That's so onto, cool. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So another kind of ode to histo history and stuff like that there. Yeah, a lot of people from don't a realize it. From a different evil empire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I never noticed that before, but one trooper manages to get off, and then he gets shot. And then falls off the cliff there. You know, uh -huh. that was the good shot. Yeah. And falls out. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Where have I heard that line before? Yeah. <laughs>
It's interesting that Obi-Wan actually knows how to respond to Force Lightning. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It comes with... Um, this goes, goes into the debate as to like how that actually works because it's more than just holding your lightsaber up. It's actually a process of like using the Force combined with the lightsaber blade itself, which is why in Episode Nine the argument can also be made that Rey actually didn't kill... Palpatine at all like it just it just happened that way because she was defending herself and it's the same way that Mace Windu is also just holding back mm. with his own blade and and even though he was killing him like you know it, it's he could have just struck him down anyways but he was you know so it's 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 definitely a process it's a different way of hmm. of uh, doing like lesser but experience like, Jedi don't know it. how to do it yeah because yeah. even comparing that when Obi-Wan did it here it absorbed the lightning Versus yeah. the other times you see it where it reflects back. Yeah. Right, yeah. In the in Clone Wars, when Ventress is fighting Dooku with Savage Opress, Savage Opress doesn't know how to block the lightning yet, but Ventress does. And so, like, there's that interesting dynamic where she's like, get up, you fool. And and then he's he constantly gets knocked back by the lightning again. Mm. And so, uh, it's yeah, it is a very different... It's not just a matter of holding up the lightsaber blade. Oh. that's pretty cool because they don't really yeah. talk too much about that yeah they don't yeah well, they don't talk much about how anakin's also trying to f learn how to fight with two blades either but he actually did study that at the jedi temple oh that's really cool yeah it's a it's an art form that that uh actually it's in the book the the jedi uh book the jedi code book or whatever that you can buy mm -hmm. um but yeah it's hinted to that he's studied it as like a minor in um yeah. the art form yeah so like even the way dooku fights is so different from a lot of the other villains and stuff like that that so you see elegant, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's more like a dance instead of just raw power mm -hmm. yep. yeah finesse Definitely. Well, he's supposed to be one of the greatest swordsmen that the Jedi ever had. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's why he had that custom lightsaber design. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually looked down upon because at the time when he made it, it's a dual, it's a duelist saber is what it's called. It's a, the design of it. And uh, when he made it, it was looked down upon because the Jedi were not known for their combat anymore. Like they've, right. for over a thousand years, there's been there's been peace in the galaxy. So um, it's just a weapon of defense and not offense. But, uh, but Dooku was very obsessive over his uh, lightsaber techniques and it was something he wanted to master completely. All of that's in the Dooku Jedi Lost audiobook, by the way. Yeah, I still have to listen to that. I'm gonna have it's to awesome, that man. Up. It's so yeah. good. Everything about his family's history and why he leaves the Jedi Order, it's all in that. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, there you go. Out. I feel like during this this podcast, we've kind of talked a lot about the depth of Dooku. So it's probably worth yeah. checking out that audio book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's also noteworthy that Yoda, so far, I believe, is the only Jedi who's able to block Force Lightning with the Force. With the Force, yeah. Yeah. Other than that, the only people that have been able to do it have been the Ray. Anchorites on Mortis. Probably Ray. 
No, not even Ray. <laughs> the anchorite's on board. Just, dude, well, she's able everything. to do it with the lightsaber. She's been able to do it with the lightsaber. Same as Mace Windu, Obi Wan. But actually, they need the, uh, they need the assistance. Sorry, I forgot about this battle between him and Yoda because oh, this is the yeah. only time, or this is the first time we've seen Yoda fight, it's and it right, is yeah. so freaking cool like it i is. used to love watching this when i was younger because it was just such a cool because this is the most fast-paced battle i think we've seen so far other than like with uh darth maul i think yeah it would be but what's also yeah. very interesting is the comparison of what you're saying that you loved it so much when a lot of the original fans from who grew up with the original trilogy and yoda being like this old hobbled frog guy yeah when they saw him like drop the can and start flying around, they were very upset because yeah, in the original trilogy, it really alludes Yoda to be like this master of the Force who never really uses a lightsaber, right? Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, mm. he just like puts his cane down. He's flying around with this lightsaber, jumping all over the place. They were very taken aback by the. That I actually, I actually really like it because uh, yeah, because I think it like, shows he does have like a huge like control over the Force. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sure he, it's not the muscles in his little itty bitty legs that are sending him like freaking five feet up in the air. <laughs> no, absolutely yeah, well, not. I, it also like it lives up to the expectations that Luke has for this person because he doesn't know what he looks like, right? And that's what's so deceiving about Yoda. Yeah. And so like when when he's like, "Jedi Master, great warrior," yeah. you know, he's like, "It's like great warrior," you know, like like what great warrior? Like he's just a guy with a cane, but like, like here little, is where he's like a frog. He keeps in his backpack. Yeah, yeah, like he, this is the movie that it's revealed that he's not just this dude that hobbles yeah. around with a cane and can use the force. Like, like he's actually this great warrior that's like unparalleled by almost anybody. Yeah. But this oh, raises so... a question: Why doesn't he use the force just for walking around? I mean, look at him now. Padme just like yeah. casually walked past him, and he made it like two feet hobbling along. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he's able. He uses it during combat for sure. But I mean. Yeah, that's a good question, yeah. I think. And in the Jedi Temple, he has that hover chair that he floats yeah, around into. Right. So, so, sorry, slightly different topic. So, yeah. in the scene where Dooku was flying away and getting shot out by the clone troopers, and then yeah. just when they were helping uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan out there and the clone troopers showed up, mm. I think those were the first times that we've seen, like, the, the shortened, kind of the classic look of the... Uh, e uh, blaster that, like, the stormtroopers use and stuff like that. So, I think that's just kind of cool, like... Mm. Oh, the original trilogy, trilogies or whatever, like super small thing. Yeah, because right. the general trooper uses that really long, long rifle. Yeah, right now their standard issue one is the the yeah the big long blast rifle. A DC fifteen eleven or or fifteen D or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't remember. I, I remember the shortened one from the, the stormtroopers use is called the E eleven. Uh, yeah. I don't DC know. DC fifteen A is the longer one. Yeah. And then okay. The DC fifteen is the shorter one. Okay. But yeah, in Revenge of the Sith, they use the shorter one way, way more. Yeah, yeah, they do. Actually, same as in Clone Wars. In Clone Wars, they use the shorter one. So it's like almost right after this yeah. entire Geonosian thing, they have the, the the option of both, I guess. You think that's such a massive waste of money? They like issue this entire army like a rifle, and then overnight, they're like, ah, let's use something else. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's actually... Yeah. it's hit interesting because in real life that's what a lot of militaries have done too because like with the using the example of the u.s military because uh, that has that's kind of like doctrine going back like hundreds of years even is having like a big long standard issue rifle because back in the day right like that's how they would defend against like 
cavalry because like they considered yeah. it like almost a spirit having the bayonet on the end of it um, yeah. and so like in the vietnam war for example when the u.s military adopted the m16 for the first time later the m16 would form into the the m4 like the standard issue rifle for the u.s military right now um because they realized that they just didn't need like that long of a rifle like the m16 yeah. and so now yeah, that they they have more of a carbine yeah well, of course, warfare like accelerates the evolution of technology too. Yeah, exactly. So... The Clone War has. <laughs> this is such a cool shot. It is. Oh uh, yeah, this is such a the music too. The music is awesome. Oh yeah. Like they do such a good job of alluding to the. Like the original trilogy yeah, yeah the empire Vader, the imperial music right now yeah yeah greatly foreshadowed imperial moment here oh yeah and then of course you get palps overlooking the whole thing really just seeing oh, the yeah. dawn of his his army yeah oh yeah serving for the next 40 years or 20 20 25 <laughs> years Look at Bail Organa for a second. He's just like, he's got a bad feeling about this. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, this isn't good. He's like, I can't put my finger on it. And you see the couple finally it's, getting married. I think it's very nice. The R2 and 3PO are the only witnesses to this event. Yeah. And then by extension, R2, after 3PO's mind is wiped later in the next film, uh, R2 is the only one that would remember this. That's right. Wow. And this is the only time you really see his creepy skeletal hand, right? Well, that was the first time. And then... That's right. And then he wears the uh, glove after. Yeah, yeah. and then you, don't, you don't see it again until he gets burned up, I don't think. Mm -hmm. that's oh, true. yeah. That's, yeah. Then, well, what about, exactly. You might see it in the sequence in Revenge of the Sith where he's... Uh, like sleeping in the same room as Padme, right? When he wakes up from the nightmare, does he have his oh, gloves? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Wow, so yeah. You always see those three times. The rest of the time, he's always got the glove on. Yeah. yeah. There it is. Well, there it is. Yeah. Awesome. Attack of the Clones. But uh, I don't know. Overall, I mean, I love this movie. Uh, yeah. Got some. It's got some moments that epic it's a very less, epic movie very very yeah there's there's a lot of great moments in this movie i mean like i think overall like it outweighs all the negative about it like yeah i agree it's just too bad a lot of the slow parts kind of they like, really hold it back a lot more than i find the, yeah, cults, the other two films do so yeah so yeah i like at least it's not like a last jedi thing where like the moments that nobody wants to see outweigh like the good stuff in the movie oh yeah like so many moments like uh, well even, like a huge section of the last jedi was just to me it, it was just a literal complete waste of time like there was absolutely yeah, no no purpose to like so much of that movie whereas like with this one like at least like i, I to me at least like the only thing i've found to really be a drawback in this movie is just how uh, dragged out some of the romance scenes are but then at the same time at least like it's not like an unimportant like at least i like understand the significance of like the the relationship that they're building and stuff like that even as much as painful as some of it is to watch yeah i totally agree with that like the all the elements and 
points, plot, like plot points of this story are all very essential to the story of Anakin and the forming of the Empire and yeah. fall of the Republic. You can't really justify any of them as being completely able to be skipped and ignored. They're all very essential. And the, yeah. the weak points are really just that this, a lot of scenes could have been, maybe not even a lot, a number of the scenes could have been executed better. But as far yeah. as the actual story and the points that they're going, it's pretty it's pretty solid. It comes together and yeah. helps create the, the, the arc of, of the films. Uh, as opposed to, as you mentioned, like the sequels here, where there's a, there's a number of scenes that just felt completely irrelevant and skippable. Yeah. You could entirely remove yeah. them from the movies and they just they wouldn't matter. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like totally, there was yeah. even so many just like small moments in this movie that were so important. I mean, like there were at least important references to like things that would happen down the line. Like with the, I think the Death Star one is a really good example because like yep. super super short moment in the movie, but like has such significance and weight to that moment and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, yep. totally. It's a good movie. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah, well, thanks for uh, watching it with me, guys. Uh, I guess we'll do the next one next week sometime. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, be glad to be back. Yeah, yeah for sure. And we'll just give it a second while I uh, process the tracks here. Sure thing. All right, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to the show. And uh, hope you guys enjoyed our commentary for Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Uh, it remains to be... Uh, my well, a lesser favorite of mine amongst the prequels, but but uh, still one of my favorite Star Wars movies, if that makes any sense. Um, so yeah, uh, I mean, good film, and uh, we're looking forward to Revenge of the Sith. And of course, uh, if any of you guys are going through uh, the Clone Wars at all in any way between these two films, uh, we always have our uh, 40-part Clone Wars talk series hosted by myself and our co-host uh, Diego. And uh, that's uh, that's a great show to get through after show. Uh, it's it's designed for anyone going through that whole series in order, uh, front to back. So highly recommend it. We have a few options of uh, getting in touch with the show here. Uh, first off is our Discord page. You can find the link to that on our Twitter feed, which our Twitter handle is SWEscapePodcast. And our email is theescapepod at outlook.com. We also have a link uh, on our site's for uh, dropping us a voicemail at our SpeakPipe address. So that's speakpipe.com slash Star Wars Escape Pod. And uh, you can look us up on Facebook as well. And uh, if there's anything else that you guys want from us from the show, feel free to leave feedback on any platform out there. Uh, That would be awesome. And uh, don't forget to rate us five stars if you can, please. That would help us out. And uh, share this show with a friend because we want to be as widespread as possible. Happy to broadcast to you guys from across the stars. All right, thanks again for tuning in, and may the force be with you. Oh, wait. George, get away from the microphone.